0: Welcome to V Radio. I Saw the rundown live is checking us out on Facebook. That's pretty awesome. Today, my guests are going to be Nathan De Bruin and Good Logic. Uh, Nathan De Bruin was photochad during the course of the Kyle Rittenhouse hearing. I had reached out to uh, Grambo. Unfortunately, she was not available tonight. And Good Logic is a good buddy of mine who was kind enough to bring me on his stream. I and mean, he was one of the law tubers. Strategic Eyes will eventually be joining us. Uh, he just got home, um, so we'll see what's up with that. Um, if you guys haven't checked out uh, good logic and strategic Eyes, those are both really good shows so I'm gonna bring on my guests and talk to you guys and um, once again thanks for the rundown tuning in today that's pretty sweet <laughs> um, and right after I'm done or actually I'll probably go a little longer but either the way you should definitely check out um, uh, good logic is gonna go on like he always does at 10 o'clock and he just does great talks about a lot of different topics so in any case, let me drag on my guess. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Joe. Hey. <laughs> you said you were a little under the weather, Joe. How are you doing, man?
1: I feel so sick. What I feel you do like, to yourself? I don't know. I don't know. It's like I have, it's 70 degrees in my house and I'm wearing a sweater and uh, a sweatshirt and I'm still like freezing. Like I can't, and I have like a little bit of congestion also but i was like i scheduled legal mindset to come on tonight and we always have like a lot of fun and people really enjoy when he comes on so i was like i really don't want to cancel that i'm gonna grid it out and then you were like dude you never come on my channel can you come can you join tonight i'm like (laughs) fine (laughs) it's true it's true i've never been here and i've always wanted to stop by because i'm a huge fan of your work so i I wanted so i wanted to come by i was like you know i'm gonna have to be awake anyway so I'll just grit it out here, and I got to see Nate and Bruin also, my good friend. Chip Photo chat. How you doing, brother?
0: Yeah, go ahead and tell us. Oh, you're uh, you're muted, Nate.
2: <sighs> pretty good. Uh, obviously, I hope you feel better uh, very you. shortly. Thanks. But I've been doing pretty uh, pretty decently. Good.
0: Good. So, um, anything? So, like you said, you got who coming on tonight? Uh, legal,
1: legal mindset. Okay. And what are he you was, guys going to talk about? He was the guy, he was the guy um, who was on with Nick Ricada when Law 2 became a thing. It went viral when they were watching Gage Grosskreutz together. So it was, he, it was he, Legal Bites and Legal Mindset who were there when Gage Grosskreutz made the admission that Kyle didn't fire until he had a gun pointed at Kyle's head. And the, the three of them just like lost it. I actually clipped that out because I plan on, on, on sharing that. But he's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's, um, he's a passionate guy who does not mince his words. And I always, and we, and we happen to have a very great repartee with each other. So, so the um, rundown
0: live says hi to you
1: guys. Yes. I did meet him in New York. He was great. He was, he was, uh, he and I were covering the Glenn Maxwell trial every day. We used to hang out in the, uh, viewing room together with 30 other reporters, um, just watching the testimony day by day he's a great guy
0: yeah i've watched a lot of his content (laughs) myself so it's pretty cool to have like i just finally got to the point where i could uh do stuff on facebook again because for some reason i couldn't before so then the day i finally do it i randomly have the rundown live a guy that i watch you know (laughs) is now watching us that's that's pretty fantastic so um for those of you who are new tuning in i am v radio i used to be a big podcaster and justin TVer. Justin TV was a uh, precursor to YouTube um, way back in like 2008-ish, I think. Um, That was when I got my start doing um, activist-style journalism. I was part of the Occupy movement. Um, And uh, oh, look at that, Johnny Walker Dread. I'm here. You can start the show now. That's another great channel you guys should check out. But um, anyway, uh, so I cover a lot of stuff. While I'm left-leaning personally, um, the vast majority of my content is actually not really geared towards right versus left. It's geared towards truth versus not um, in a lot of my... It's like I actually did a poll recently of my viewership. 17% MAGA Republicans, uh, I think it was like 43% Independent Conservatives, and 34% left-leaning, um, independent, or third-party, and then, like, very few actual Republicans and Democrats, which is fine with me. So, um, in any case, today we're going to be talking about a couple of things. Uh, one thing that came up – oh, wait, another guest joined us. Hey, Strategic Guys! <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing?
1: I know this guy. <laughs> I know this guy. I've seen some of his work. Oh, I've been waiting to – I, I, I was like, I know that name – I've seen him do some great breakdowns. I think Neil actually shared a couple of your videos with me, and I was like, man, this guy, he's going. He's going places. I told you about him a while ago.
3: Yeah, Yeah, man, I appreciate that immensely, man. You guys are awesome, man. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you guys giving me the invite. Right now, I'm in YouTube jail.
1: (laughs) Are you? You Yeah.
3: Two (laughs) weeks, two weeks. Yeah, I got a strike, man. Second strike in a month, so.
1: You got to walk carefully now. You can't get that third one.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about I'm doing some soul searching and I think I'm going to start focusing a little bit more on true crime and because I've just been going hard on the social stuff. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube doesn't like that, man.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, what, so what did you do to get in trouble? Um, I put a video up
3: of an African-American male um, saying racial epithets at an Asian guy and then the Asian guy retaliated and punched him. So I'm like, hey, you know, racism isn't good no matter who does it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like kinda you know, I'm on the Asian guy's side because, you know <laughs> YouTube didn't like that. I, I didn't know better, man. I said not know better.
0: Yeah. So, man. man, I can't believe they zapped you about that. I mean, I when I did my video, um the the truth about racism between Asians and blacks, like it starts with a black lives matter activist. Mm. Following an Asian cop around, calling him the CH, like, you know, word over and over and over and over. And then this white guy confronts him and says, hey, stop doing that. That's racist. And the guy immediately says, black people can't be racist. Uh So you can just follow a guy and and call him a racial slur over and over and over again. And you and only you cannot possibly be racist. Yeah. um, Anyway, yeah, it's great to have you on. Strategic Mm -hmm. Guys, I met because he was reviewing one of my videos. Um, and, uh, like, you know, playing some of it and it was about, what was it about? was that guy who, the one who everybody thought was like profiling Rittenhouse jurors or something like that. I'm trying to remember. Ah, yes.
3: I think it was, was it like, uh, he claimed to be George Floyd's nephew or something like that? Was it that? Yeah,
0: I think that, yeah, that's him. And I guess he's finally in jail now because. He's been in jail for a while. Yeah, he got arrested for that, but I just, he's like, he gets on and then he went to a judge's door. Like, he went to a judge's door, like, you know, and said, this is where she at. You know, like, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, Just like, come on, dude. You know, so anyway, um, tonight's topic is going to be specifically mostly about Kenosha related things. But I wanted to start us with one other thing first, um, because this just came across my desk, quote unquote. Um, But it has to do with Daryl Brooks, the uh, Waukesha Parade massacre killer. Um, I'm gonna go just and just pull up. Alleged a killer. No, no he, he's yeah. a terrorist. He's a, a, black legend, supremacist a terrorist. alleged
1: alleged alleged <laughs> black supremacist. <laughs> right, he's correcting me
0: for my for my own sake.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, so apparently he's gonna be representing himself. Hmm. Mm. That I I was kind of curious. What I mean, I haven't watched any of the videos of this because this literally just got handed to me just right as soon as we got started. Um, you know, but, uh, they said that he like talked in court, like, I guess he's doing some kind of weird sovereign citizen play or something like that. I just, I'm trying to like wrap my head around how you defend yourself in any fashion with or without a lawyer. You, you know, you take your car and you drive it through a Christmas parade. You kill six people, including a little boy and then injure 40 others. Um, I don't know how he's going to dig himself out of that. It is my intention, hopefully provided with the time and everything that I will do, the same kind of trial coverage that I did for that, for the Rittenhouse trial. And maybe I'll have Joe
1: Good Logic on to do a little law tube with me.
0: You know, because you you know, some
1: time. I was actually thinking of whether I wanted to stream that trial. It's starting October 3rd and supposed to run to October 27th. Unfortunately, during the next three weeks, I have five days of Jewish holidays where I can't touch electronics or be on air at all. Like five, like regular business days, like Monday, Tuesday, next week, Wednesday, then the, the, then the Monday, Tuesday after that, and then Monday, Tuesday after that. I'm like, how is anyone going to be able to watch me and make that like a regular thing, if I'm forced to like shut down, you know, for like days at a time here and there? So I was, I was kind of annoyed because I would love to watch him make his sovereign citizen claims. Do you guys know what a sovereign citizen claim is, or should we walk you through? Go
0: ahead and one? talk about it.
1: So a sovereign citizen claim is basically someone who starts it, it, his position is that he is beyond american law that 's essentially it that there 's no rights of American law that can bind him it can govern him because everything about our system is illegal, and it 's you know an unfair abuse of of its own citizens and it 's essentially all these claims that he cannot possibly be bound by American law and therefore can 't be found guilty There are a few people who have tried making sovereign citizen claims to not pay taxes or as defenses for committing very violent crimes. And they've worked exactly zero times in American history. So it's, everyone knows that this is, he's just trying to make it a political trial rather than trying to put up a good faith defense. And his mother is very freaked out. She's, she says that she doesn't believe he's stable. He's not right in the head. And she's trying to appeal to the court to compel him to have, um, to have counsel appointed to him, good lie lo- I would, I would not envy any attorney who's put in that position where you're basically forced to be counsel for someone who does not want an attorney. That's, that's a, a disaster waiting to happen. But, yeah. So that's, that's your breakdown right there.
3: I got a question for you, good logic. If I may jump in, um, mm-hmm. because I, I actually watched that you know exchange with the judge where she actually appointed herself. Um, pro se or whatever, you say it, when you represent yourself, my concern is that I felt as though he was not stable to some degree. I think he understands what he did, but like, she's actually about to rule in his favor <laughs> and he's like, I object, I object. I think that this might end up in an appeal. And I don't think any of us want to live through that. Like, do you think as an attorney that she should force that counsel because I think she should. I, I don't think this guy is capable of representing himself, especially the amount of times he interrupts the court and the both bursts that he has.
1: That's that's a phenomenal question. I can't I can't claim to know enough about local law when it comes to the mm-hmm. competent what we would call competency of the defense. Whenever you, there's a question whether someone's sane or not, they so they refer to the person's competence, and. I I certainly didn't see the video. And even if I did, I can't tell you what yardsticks they would apply. Normally when people are talking about insanity, that comes up in when insanity is the defense. And the yardstick to win on that, first of all, anyone who claims insanity defense, you think that like, you know, if you convince the jury that you're insane Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, and found not guilty by reason of defense that you're in for like a good life and you walk free. No, 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 no. You're basically in jail for the rest of your life. But instead of it being a normal prison, it's an institution where they're they're monitoring you and you're and you're living the same type a similar type of lifestyle to what you would in a in a standard issue prison, but all of that comes into play when he if if and when he would actually plead insanity as a defense. Which if I was his attorney, I probably would be looking to plead. And I understand he does not want to plead that. And in order to plead, in order to force him to do something, you need to show that he doesn't really have any comprehension levels at all. And even if you think that his perspectives are, are crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if that's what you think of it and like 99 or, or, or 99,000 out of out of 99,001 would think that, that he's literally insane. That doesn't mean that he's not sufficiently competent to make the decision as to whether or not he wants counsel just because he's saying things that everyone thinks is, you know, that he's saying this guy is made out of cheese, you know? So it's like. Uh, You know that maybe that's that's a that's a clear science. If that's not a good one, but if he says something like you know he believes that Joe he believes that Trump and Biden are both aliens that come from the planet Zygorthia, so that's that's that sort of thing. I don't even know if that in that circumstance he can like the the judge intercedes because what the judge is doing there, what you're asking the judge do, is basically say we're not allowing you. To decide your own defense in a certain way—that's taking his rights away from him. He wants to do his defense his own way. Now he's gonna have someone else who's screwing it up by just being there and being in the way. So in that sense, you know, the judge is the judge is sort of, you know, a little bit forced to make sure that she's gonna walk this one carefully so that he doesn't get he doesn't win an appeal the other way. You know what I'm saying? If she assigns an attorney to him and he screamed the whole time, that was reversible error because I didn't want this schmuck serving as my counsel. So. And that and I kept saying that and they wouldn't let me do it. And she had no right to force me to do it. That, too, could lead to reversible error. So the judge really needs to make sure that she gets the right law based on local statute. And I, I can't tell you what that would be. But that's a good question. Great question.
0: So just to give people uh, for those of you who didn't see my earlier stuff on this topic, I did my own video shortly thereafter. Some of which was with the help of Neo Unrealist, who unfortunately also was not available today. But you guys should check out Neo if you have not. Uh, But it's called uh, Hashtag Daryl Brooks and the Christmas Parade Massacre. This image right here was taken off of Daryl Brooks' social media by Anonymous when we were identifying the guy. Anonymous actually did a pretty fantastic job in this one. They knew who he was like almost within, I think it was like six or seven hours. And right down to his Google Maps with his SUV (laughs) parked out in front of his house. Um, But as you can see, you're looking at um, images here that lead you to believe that this man might have had a motivation outside of the norm. Um, Uh, my video on this covers it very in depth, like also taking it all the way from the fact that for some reason, the media was desperate to not identify the race of the man in question and instead was focused on, you know, that it must've been a car that did it, you know, (laughs) caused by an SUV, you know, like all of that stuff, you know, and it was like, I, I went in here with this because after Rittenhouse was declared, not guilty they see an end to this thing that says there's nothing more frightening in america today than an angry white man and this was around the same time period which is why i found it ironic you know they used this picture of kyle there but you know in the meantime you know again anonymous like track this guy down and one of the reasons i cover it as much as i do is that they really want this story to go away it does not fit any of their narrative at all um and just like the um Uh, The NYC, like the the subway shooter, that's another guy that was a black gentleman who had some crazy black supremacist beliefs. I have a bunch of his stuff sitting on my computer. I just never did anything with it. But, um, you know, but these are guys who don't fit the whole narrative that apparently all mass killers are always, you know, white, straight white males. So in any case. Um, anybody who has not watched this video, um, you know, I can link it to you guys later or put it in the description, but I strongly suggest you check it out. Just be aware. In typical V-Radio fashion, just like when I cover the Rittenhouse trial, a lot of the video I use is going to be raw, and that means viewer discretion is advised. Isn't so, it funny,
3: though, that a, a white guy literally gave him the coat off his back?
0: <laughs> yep yeah actually that's in here too um and it, it, yeah there it was like a white guy who had just listened to a um what was it he he said that he had just gotten done listening on the radio to a christian mm. broadcast that said that we needed to reach out and take care of the homeless so then um, daryl brooks shows up on his porch and says hey i'm homeless can you help me and he brings him inside <laughs> and gives him a sandwich and you know the other ironic thing and i've discussed this with you in the past strategic is that mm. Daryl Brooks killed all those people. And then when the cops showed up, peacefully went on the lawn and allowed them to arrest him. And mm. he magically made his way back without being shot by the cops. Hmm. Well, I mean,
3: he, he followed what I've been saying on my show for a thousand years, both as a black man as an, and as a law enforcement officer. Surrender, cooperate, don't fight the cops. Don't give them a reason to shoot you. And look what happened. A mass murderer is now facing trial right not uh,
0: yep yep that, that tends to be the formula so anyway that was just a brief segue guys again you I you know I did an extensive video on this topic we're going to move on to um a lot of work done by Kenosha County I now this is not as new um I should have honestly I wanted to do a video about this stuff um by Kevin Matheson immediately but I was hoping to bring him on but he's been busier than usual but he broke the story uh there's two articles about this and they're short so i'm just going to go over them kenosha riding duo including man who shot first in jail holding for six felonies including armed robbery and burglary um <laughs> shamed shameless plug my documentary identified that he shot first mm-hmm. <laughs> now mind you wasn't all my detective work though that, that that credit goes to some other people too but anyway Joshua and Kelly Zaminsky were captured many times on video mm-hmm. rioting on August 25th, 2020 during the Kenosha riots. Kelly pleaded guilty to obstructing an officer and failure to comply with emergency management order of a local government. Both misdemeanors. Joshua is currently out on bond for arson. Now, mind you, there are two articles, so I think he's actually in jail now. But felony, disorderly conduct, use of a dangerous weapon, and obstructing an officer for his role in the rioting and the lighting a trailer on fire. I think it was actually the dumpster fire, but Yes. Joshua Zeminski was seen on video firing his pistol just moments before Rittenhouse would shoot and kill Joseph Rosenbaum in self-defense. Now, what's funny about this is that the mainstream media still doesn't have this. I'm, I'll probably play a clip of it later, but um, they reported that the man that Kyle Rittenhouse shot was his finally in jail. I was like, nope, he never shot Zaminsky. guys. Come on. Um, but it says here that Zaminsky was initially held on a low 1000 cash bond, but Judge Schroeder raised it to 13000 on January 31st. Um. So there was felony armed robbery, felony armed burglary, felony, ar- felony false imprisonment, felony intimidation of a victim, felony ID theft, a misdemeanor battery. And that actually, let me see if I have it on here because that's going to bring Nathan into the conversation. Um, it said, Zaminsky was scheduled to go to trial this day but was accused of intimidating a witness. In this case, Kenosha freelance photographer Nathan De Bruin. So, um, Nathan, w- what was this about? I never really got to get the, the full story about what happened with that, if you're at liberty to discuss it.
2: Um, I can't really go into that, the specifics of the details um, due to the ongoing trial that's going on
0: okay no that's totally fair um i guess just give me the scoop when you come back to it and you can't talk about definitely
2: um i mean i can go into a little detail but i it's gonna be vague um
0: yeah don't do anything to compromise yourself at all don't worry about it i didn't know if it was already resolved or not
1: no 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 no. it It is not skip past it you don't want to you don't want to give any openings to the defendants so
0: totally fair totally fair
1: See, it's a good thing we have
0: a lawyer on the stream. We should just always have you on. You can be our legal consultant right here in real time. Um, but I'm glad to see that it's finally done. Um, but, uh, you know, there was another, I guess this is where the, that one was, this one's more recent. Like, literally, I guess, was put out the next day. And again, I want to apologize to my audience because I normally am always Johnny in the spot about written Rittenhouse stuff. I was just trying to bring Kevin Mathis on to talk about his own work, but. Um, Kenosha riot couple held on $100,000 each for kidnapping man at knife point, forcing him to use ATMs throughout the city. (laughs) So the question I'm going to ask when I'm done with this is to the police officer and the lawyer on the call. How the hell does somebody have this long of a freaking criminal record and still walk around? It's like it makes you wonder, does he got something on the prosecutors? Like, how does he get away with this? Anyway, Joshua Zaminsky and his wife, Kelly Zaminsky were in court today and officially charged with multiple felonies. Joshua was charged with felonies, armed burglary, robbery, intimidation of a victim, false imprisonment, ID theft, and bail jumping. All felonies is a party to a crime. Kelly was charged with the same felonies without the bail jumping charge. She was not out on bail like her husband, but was on extended supervision, which is similar to parole. Kelly will likely have her extended supervision revoked and go back to prison on her earlier charges that are unrelated. Both are also charged with misdemeanor battery. Their bond was set at $100,000 each. Joshua Zaminsky and his wife Kelly were caught on camera rioting on August 25th, 2020. We've already been over that. Lit a trailer on fire. The progressive DA Mike Gravelly was e- went easy on Zaminsky. Yeah, that's the thing. He's apparently been easy on him for like 12 pages of criminal record. I couldn't even include everything that Zaminsky had done in my documentary because it would have taken a half hour. But anyway was out on bail at the time of his arrest for the arson. According to the criminal complaint, uh, just says here, August 26th, about 2 a.m. Kenosha you know, patrol officer encountered 54-year-old man, the alleged victim in this case. He told the police that two men and a woman he knew as Bonnie just robbed him. He said that he met Kelly a week before and he had cleaned his home for, or she had cleaned his home for money. The alleged victim told police that he had heard a knock at his door. Um, you know that night it was Kelly. She asked to use the bathroom. And he allowed her in, but then uh, Joshua and the third man followed her in. Joshua then grabbed the man at night point and demanded all the man's money in the home. Yeah, this is just... The man told Joshua that he didn't have any money in the home, but had some in his bank. So Joshua then put a knife to the man's back and pushed him outside into a full-size GMC. The man tried to dial 911, but Joshua took the phone away. They demanded the man's PIN number and ATM card. They then proceeded to drive to Lou Perrine Speedway, Quick Trip, and Chase all on the Washington Road. Each time, the transaction failed. They ended up back at Lou Perrine's. The man then escaped at the gas station, even with the men trying to stop him. The victim was able to pick, pick um, Zaminsky out of a photo lineup. This means without um, Prosecutor Binger telling him who the guy was, I assume, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to comment on that one, Nathan? <laughs> anyway, Zaminsky and the other man threatened to kill the man and bury him where no one would find him. The Zaminskys told the police that the reason for their actions is that the man raped kelly joshua is facing almost 59 years in the wisconsin prison system if convicted and kelly is facing almost 53 so some guy apparently rapes your wife so the answer is to go to his house and then make him go to a lot of atms because money will make it better so (laughs) i'm gonna open the floor to comments um i guess nate i don't know how much you can comment on zaminsky so it's fine if you can't we're not only going to be talking about zaminsky tonight but um you know but uh first i guess i'll start with you joe any thoughts on this
1: that is the stupidest event defense I've ever heard. <laughs> makes, like, even if it were true, which I'm positive is zero truth to it. Like I'm, I, I, I It's more likely they never met Zeminski in their life before than that, or than, or or Kelly than this being a rape retaliation case. But even if it were true, it literally does zero to justify kidnapping him, driving around the city, and 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 rugging him. Because you, you have to go to the police. You, you can't take the law into your own hands and start going vigilante on somebody who you're mad at because they wronged your woman. What are, you, what are you, out of your mind? This is the stupidest thing ever. I mean, I hope that's their defense. I hope that's their defense because that's... I mean, they're they hopefully we'll will see a very, very long prison sentence. So,
0: What do you think, Strategic?
3: Uh, it actually sounds... well. First of all, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Well, I just changed my mic up. You sound um, better
0: now. Go ahead.
3: Sounds good. Um... It sounds like something that addicts would do. Like, you know, addicts usually act as though, well, they they act like indifferent to the consequences of their actions. So like, you know that your victim knows who your wife is. (laughs) She cleaned his house, right? There's no way you're going to get away with it, but we're living in the moment. It just doesn't make any sense that you'd go and specifically rob this person who knows your wife, put a knife to his neck, force him to the bank, not obviously not plan on killing them or at least we assume they weren't planning on killing them and then think that you'd be able to get away with it and i I agree with good logic it's definitely a terrible defense but it sounds like they are very desperate and they might be dealing with some addiction issues and they need that quick fix for money that's what it sounds like to me
0: so um i'm glad that somebody's finally doing something about these guys but that brings me back to the question i wanted to ask i guess you know um you guys as the legal people um how does somebody keep just getting in and out like this i mean this is literally from the comic book the punisher from back in the 80s the the punisher's motivation was what he referred to as the revolving door of the criminal justice system it's what leads to guys like this having several pages of criminal activity, a lot of which is violent, you know, it's what leads to guys like Daryl Brooks somehow being out on $500 bail for literally trying to run over his fiance with his car. Like, how does this happen? You know, like, especially in the world where we're supposed to believe, you know, when it comes to Daryl Brooks, you know, we're supposed to believe that all black people are just automatically just put in prison for their whole lives. Yet somehow that guy got out a bunch of times after hurting people, you know, but then we have a guy like Zeminski. I just it really makes me go, what does this guy have on the DA? Like it doesn't make any sense to me that they would just let him go forever. Um, I guess whichever one of you wants to take that first.
3: Well, I mean, listen, I I, I there's no metric as to you know, every different state, every every municipality has their own rules on bail, like New York's system is gonna be different than Kenosha. Um Right now I'm struggling with that same question that you're asking because and the lawyer on the panel could definitely weigh in on this when he when he decides to but bail is really not supposed to be punitive it's supposed to just make sure that you come back so you put all this money up your family put this money up if you don't show up to court then they lose the money so you're going to have an incentive to show up to court because you don't either want to lose your own money or you don't want to you know hurt the people who care enough about you to put that money up. But I think for a long time, judges were actually taking into account the danger of the person on society when they shouldn't have, because that's really what bail is not supposed to do. But we were happy with it because we were keeping people in in jail. We We were putting up high bail numbers. Now, I think because of the activists and the political climate, Number one, they're passing bail reform laws, but I don't think Kenosha, that Kenosha area has bail reform because I was reading an article saying that they want to do it, but I didn't read anything saying they enacted it. But all across the country, they're starting bail reform. And even the places that doesn't have bail reform where they mandate letting people out for almost next to no money, most likely no money because bail reform, you have judges who are setting the bail artificially low so that they can show that they're not – you know, racist, and then there's equity and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, dangerous people should not be on the streets because they are a danger to society. And all we see time and time and time again is individuals getting out on bail, getting the opportunity to fight their trial from home, be able to meet with their attorneys, etc. And what are they doing? They're not taking that opportunity to try and fight the, 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 the charge. They're taking that opportunity to victimize more and more people, so it's a complicated question because every single state has different you know, standards and laws, et cetera, but it's affecting everybody across this country the same way. It's, it's more like perp reform, criminal reform. We seem to care more about the people who have the audacity to go out there and victimize good citizens more than we care about the people who are trying to live on a straight and narrow.
0: So, Joe, I know um, you're feeling terrible and you need to go. Um, I wanted to give you a moment to comment on that if you wanted, and then, um, then I'll outro you and make sure to send everybody your way.
1: It's, it's, a, it's, it's a great thought strategic as far as, what, you know, what, what is the purpose of bail and why, you know, why should one bail? Like, what are our objectives? And our objectives should have really basically be the sole determining factor as to how high you're setting bail if you think about it. I mean, I always thought of bail as being something that's designed to basically put, be high enough that we feel like this guy is never going to jump bail, because he's not going to expose that level of money. Now, if you have someone who's like really hurt, you know, accused of hurting a great deal of people, I can understand a point saying that like, if we really believe that this person's a sociopath, well, in that case, he's not going to care about money. He just he's a sociopath. So, and, and in that case, you would say the bail number should be really, really high. On the other hand, we're not allowed, you're not allowed to find someone guilty before he's, you know, before he's been proven, you know, he's considered innocent until proven guilty. So just treating him as if he's known to have committed the crime seems to be a violation of the Constitution. It's a really, it's a really great deep question. I would, I would tell you this, you need to consider one other thing, and this is the human element to a judge i'll share with you a quick story that i think is relevant here many years ago i spent like a hundred hours killing myself trying to fight against the state about a nursing home that was really improperly being shut down by a bunch of people uh, by the state representatives who hated my client he owned several nursing homes and they were just yanking out clients and claiming that there were problems with the nursing home but never telling him what they were. And they basically were stealing his nursing home from him because once they take out all the residents, it's gone. So he begged me to, you know, work day and night. And I literally put in 100 hours in one week and just ran up to Albany and begged the judge to stop the state from pulling these residents out. And I'm there in front of the judge, and the judge calls up a representative from the state. We're in chambers. He calls him up, and he's like, so you're removing them. It does seem like you're violating the law in the way of doing that. And he's like, well, you know, we think we have defenses, Your Honor. He's like, let me ask you this. Do you think that if I stop you from removing people, anyone's going to be in any jeopardy or any harm, any of the residents there would be in jeopardy or harm? And the lawyer thinks for a second, didn't know anything about the case, literally knew nothing about like the the, the situation. And he's like, Yes, Your Honor. He's like, okay, so I'm going to deny the relief and I'm going to let you keep moving with them. And I was like, what the hell? I actually said to the judge, like, how is this? You know that they're breaking the law. And what the judge said to me was a lesson that is, it was true then and it's true here on this bail question. He said, neither I nor any judge you ever meet will ever put their own neck on the line for someone who's worried about their financial interests and be known as a judge who lets someone die. So even if they're wrong, I'm going to give them every benefit of the doubt so that I'm never known as the judge who let some innocent person die, which is why that's relevant here, too. When you're talking about someone who's accused of multiple murders and sociopathy on a level on a scale rarely seen, that's the human element that plays into the judge. That, oh, my God, if I set this bail low and this person finds some way to raise that bail and he goes and kills more people. I will go down in infamy forever as the guy who let this person kill Jane Smith, John Doe, who dies, you know, the person who dies tomorrow. And that's a fact you can't ignore. And you can understand if you were the judge how that would play with your head, too. So, and it, you know, maybe it shouldn't be playing in his head or her head. But to say that you would be different if you were in that position, it wouldn't play in your head. I think that I think that's your problem. I, I, I wouldn't be audacious enough to say that because I don't know that I would be able to look past that. Anyway, that's my thought on that. I'm sorry that I'm really run down. I need to find... I got like this burning fever, so I really need to find some way to really cool. No,
0: you're alright, man. What I would do if I were you, I don't know if you can, uh, down yeah. a Red Bull. I, I know that sounds crazy, but that would that's what I... If I were in your situation and uh-huh. I need to go live, that is exactly what I would do, is drink a Red Bull, the B vitamins and the caffeine and the taurine. It's not healthy, but or your right. situation where you need to get perked up right the second, that's what I would do. <laughs>
1: All right. That's a good idea. Thank you, my brother. I'll, I'll come back soon. Okay?
0: I, I have, No, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. And um, right. don't forget, everybody, guys, when you know he's going to be streaming tonight, go check him out. I'll put his you link can, in the description.
1: You can, you can actually read me if you want. You can send him over to me. i don't know have to, know s- how to, I have to learn how to do
0: that. I definitely yeah. will in the future, though.
1: All right. No problem. Don't sweat it, brother. Have a good night, my friend.
0: All right. So that was good logic, guys. I'm glad to have had him on for what time I did, just because he was—he's feeling like crap, and he's got to go in his stream, and his streams are really long. So, um, in any case, we move on now to career criminal who survived being shot by Kyle Rittenhouse asked judge to change his name in secret proceedings, court records. Um, so now you can talk, right, Nathan? You're not in any pending litigation regarding nope. Gage Grosskurtz. Not with him, no. <laughs> So, like, when you're so pathetic that you want to change your name, because it's probably the only way you're going to have a normal life, you know, after what you did. But um, it says, Gage Grosskreutz has apparently asked a Milwaukee County judge to change his name. He's asked for the proceedings and details to be sealed from public view. Grosskreutz was 26 years old when he pointed a gun at then 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, He was then shot by Rittenhouse in the arm. Rittenhouse was acquitted by a jury for the shooting. Yes, I'm sure everybody on my channel knows that. At that point in his young life, he had had um, at least six arrests. He's got some stuff on here I wasn't aware of. I knew that there was some stuff on him, but he's got more stuff than I was aware of. His criminal record goes back to 2007 when he was only 14 years old. We do not have his juvenile records as Wisconsin statutes prohibit police from releasing them. But um, we got simple assault, domestic violence, alleged to have slapped his grandmother and smashed a lamp. Burglary of a home, criminal trespass, to dwelling, disorderly conduct. Alleged to have entered a home and stole video game equipment and broke lights with it, I guess. Um, Criminal damage to property. Alleged to have smashed a window of a house where girlfriend was and threatened her. Uh, DUI possession of firearm by felon possession. Firearm while intoxicated. Endangering safety by use of a dangerous weapon. Warrants blew .159 while driving. Possessed loaded firearm while intoxicated and being a felon. Um, loud noise and obedience to officers loud music and refused to provide police with id um, prowling um, videotaping personal police officers vehicles and pd parking lot and then blue 0.212 blood alcohol level um you know apparently a judge dismissed that case um, obviously you guys already know everything that he did but um you know i this I, this brings up the fact that he he said he had a a concealed carry permit. And then suddenly it turned out that he didn't have one during the trial, like not at least not one that was valid. So um in any case, um, I would have liked to have known what Joe Log- logic's thought was on this. I'll ask him separately later, but uh, what do you think, Nathan? Do you think that him changing his name is going to be able to get him to escape his past? Cause it sounds to me like he's kind of got a, a, a pattern going in his life.
2: Yeah. I don't think it's going to change just because uh, documents changing his name his actions in the past have shown who he truly is and what his character is.
0: And what do you think strategic?
3: Mm, I mean, I'd change my name too if my name was uh, gro- Gross Crutch. <laughs> 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 but um yeah, this guy is a bad guy. You know, he's got he's clearly has uh impulse control, he clearly doesn't care about authority, he doesn't care about law and order you know so you could change your name but it's not going to stop you from you know diving into whatever addiction you have being an alcoholic constantly getting drunk you know it's gonna it's not going to stop you from you know being the type of guy who would smack his grandmother think about that right you know? <laughs> that's like that's like serious impulse control anger management etc you know personally um you know i i feel like uh, you know, I don't want to say that I'm on YouTube. Let I me. Mean, you know. <laughs> but, but I, you, you I, can I, say
0: stuff on my channel. You're good. Yeah,
3: but you know, <laughs> I, I I still got a day job. But you know, like just say this: that uh, this guy Cal Rittenhouse, yeah. he, he, he he is definitely an American hero. <laughs> 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 Jeez,
0: you know, I, I originally thought about doing this video and calling it, like, "Where are they now?" You know, mm. but um. Some of them are still dead, and probably that's probably a good thing. But like, say that, but when it comes to a guy like Rosenbaum, yeah,
3: isn't it amazing how all of these terrible characters somehow found a way to gravitate around Kyle Rittenhouse? Like, we're talking about in, in like, worse to least worse people just having an interaction with him at that very moment, on that same date, that same time. A bona fide arpist, you know? Right. You know, a a bona fide domestic abuser, which was his second victim. And then this guy, who's like just a petty criminal who's doing all kinds of dumb things. All of them gravitate on this guy at one time and at that same moment, same time, same place. The odds of that, to me, is astronomical.
0: Well, it's like a, the fact that you take a random sample of who was out there and you mm. just happen to come up like Yahtzee. <laughs> you know, okay. I'm showing my age. I don't know if anybody plays Yahtzee anymore. But mm. Nathan, have you ever considered that, like, with some of the more dangerous people that we know were there? Like, you know, I mean, I guess you having been you – know, you being somebody who was literally walking around at the time, you know – um like have you ever considered like i mean god i mean but these guys were just randomly pulled who else could have been in there you know like you know what you know what other element would you have seen i mean i guess we got to look at like what kind of person it is that's going to go to something like that in the first place and that's why i usually bring up what my friend rob said was that you know the two people he knows who wants to abolish police are either criminals or people who don't know anything about crime but you know i guess or
3: not, not to cut you off or people who are criminal enablers Right. The people who, you know, they have their brother or their boyfriend in jail, and they're the ones that write the letters and go do the visits all the time.
0: Right. So, I guess, did you have any other crazy encounters with people out there or see anything else that was just nuts, Nathan, that, you know, that maybe you haven't shared in the past or just stuff that maybe everybody doesn't know about that was going on? Um,
2: no, the only big other incident that happened with me was – um I was accused of being a police officer, undercover cop, um, and they tried to take my camera and I refused to give it up. And it it's caught, that situation was caught on some video, I'll have to find it for you.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome, yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I guess for me, it's just that it bothers me that this is the element that they think is going to be a good face for their movement. And they never want, they never call it out. That's really what it comes down to. I totally believe that there are plenty of peaceful, Black Lives Matter protesters who just, you know, are down with the cause. The problem is, is that when stuff like this happens, the only thing that I got in response for exposing the truth about these guys was, you know, just was blowback. You know, they were obsessed with the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse got in a fight with a teenage girl who was fighting his sister they were obsessed with any little piece of something that they could pull out on him, but they had just no interest whatsoever in any kind of self-identification, you know, as far as to, like, what what do they need to do to police themselves? A guy like Joseph Rosenbaum shouldn't have been around in the public anyway. But after the fact, the only reason I even covered any of that stuff was because, yes, it wasn't relevant to the shooting because Kyle didn't know about any of it. It was that people just said it was a lie. They just kept saying, no, it's not true. Rosenbaum didn't do any of that stuff you know and there was so much of that and it still goes on like um nathan do you encounter the same thing where it's like you still run into people who just don't know what the hell they're talking about about this trial
2: oh yeah all the time all the time whether even in um like like off of social media in person um i get people that still stop me
0: and (laughs) (laughs) do they know who they're talking to
2: (laughs) yeah the things that they believe are incredible oh my goodness
0: i i still run into the he fired into the crowd people i still run into the um you know the cross state lines of the gun people that don't realize that isn't like that that was dismissed like it didn't even come up again i'm just like how do we do this i don't get it at all um so i want to change gears here real quickly before we go back into the conversation to kind of lighten things up a little bit I and mean, i want to thank everybody for tuning in to v radio tonight but i remember this video and um you know i guess in honor of um gage Grosskreutz changing his name we should probably watch but maybe he's thinking about getting into a career of dance and uh, music
3: what i'm
4: talking about i'm not talking about burning down a building it's coming from the soul (laughs)
0: yeah it definitely matters because like money security like
4: financial security is important
0: yeah financial security is important to me too lady um (laughs) i don't know how many people did not see that it was getting passed around all over the place on 4chan because it was so dark but i never saw that it was funny the arguments on twitter that i had with him were pretty legendary and um the arguments that I had with Zaminsky when he was commenting on my videos were pretty crazy, and I did videos about those if anybody wants to see them. Um,
3: Zaminski you know, commented on your videos? Did he try and kidnap you and rape you
0: or something? <laughs> no, no, I avoided that part, but uh, God, I almost <laughs> he did because uh, he wouldn't be in the revolving door of the justice system if he showed up at my house. <laughs> but you guys might be paying me to me to get me set free. Uh, he'd, he'd be dead as fried chicken if he showed up at my house. But, um, but yeah, it's that he commented on my videos and it was weird because at first I was like, is this really him? But then he was saying all this private stuff about him and Kelly. And then he said stuff specifically about, I didn't set the fire in that dumpster. And I was like, why did he? Yeah, I think that's definitely him. So mm-hmm. you guys can watch that video when you're, you know, if you ever get time. it's about my conversation with him, but it was pretty crazy. But, um, in any case, uh, so, the only other thing that I had as far as what we were going to look at as far as content was the fact that they did a piece specifically about, I guess, what the, um, the prosecutors are now up to. Um, so, the other criminals in the case. were <laughs> the Kyle House prosecutors now. Um, this is an opinion piece by Kevin Matthews, and I'm not going to read the whole thing that I'll share with you guys, but many people want to know where are the Kyle Rittenhouse prosecutors now? Most legal professionals and folks with common sense agree. The po- prosecutors couldn't convince Kyle Rittenhouse. They didn't have a chance of convict, not convince. that didn't stop James Krause and T care, T Claire bringer from trying their best. They also broke rules, including mentioning Rittenhouse's post arrest silence, talking about things barred in pretrial hearings and more, even with the cheating they lost. We told you about how their first trials after Rittenhouse's trial were both failures. I mean, dude, I'm pretty sure he was given the Zeminski trial and I don't know how you fail that, but I guess you can, you know, and um, obviously we can't talk about that a ton, but regardless, you know, um, you got to ask yourself looking at this. It's one of the things that I came away with from, from watching this whole thing go down was that it really kind of made me wish that we could reform things in a certain way in that. What if like there was a team that's job was just to find the truth instead of a situation where you're pitting two people, you know, like a prosecutor and a defender against each other, and they have an incentive at that point, you know, to screw over the other side. But that doesn't necessarily mean finding the truth at all, you know. Um, but it says here, James I uh, learned the Kenosha assistant, uh, um, Kenosha County Island, the Kenosha assistant district attorney James Krause resigned for the DA's office. His last week is upon us. We asked him where he was going in an email, and he ignored us. He lives in Milwaukee County, so we won't likely see him anymore. Uh, Binger is still an active prosecutor in Kenosha. That isn't to say he isn't desperate to leave. Did somebody say something? No. Okay. He has been and is currently looking for a new job. He ran unsuccessfully for DA in Racine and got defeated handily. Um, Recently, he had applied to the Racine County Council to be appointed a municipal court judge. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you guys imagine that guy is a judge? Oh, after an interview, zero out of 15 aldermen voted for Binger during his opening statement. He said, "Um, or no, he said. Okay, anyway. So, God, that dude wants to be a judge. Oh, it does have a statement. I'm not, not going to read that. The guy can, you know, live rent-free in someone else's head, but... um." You know-
3: you know, Neil, what I think that... You made a very interesting statement. I, I don't mean to jump in. No,
0: no, jump in, jump in.
3: But um, you said, why can't we just have, like, you know, a team of people, a commission or something to, like, seek the truth as an alternative to our adversarial um, criminal justice system? hmm I think that you're always going to get biased. And that's why our adversarial system is the best system, in my opinion. The problem is, is that we... Lawyers are a club, and, and, and hopefully one day I'll get on another live stream with um, Mr. Logic, so we can actually parse that out between us, and, and then I can learn from him. But Like, I've been in, in, in courts a lot, and, and the judges on both sides, they're all friends. They've all worked with each other, the defense attorney and the prosecutor. And so they don't police themselves well. If we actually had state agencies that, can, that will disbar people for what Binger did in that courtroom, you would have a whole lot more prosecutors who are doing the job correctly who are actually seeking justice instead of politics, you know? And the same thing goes for the defense side. If they're being unethical, then they need to be punished as well. I think that's the issue. The issue is a lack of checks and balances in that courtroom. It has to be literally extraordinary before somebody was held accountable for that we saw this guy being lying and withholding evidence and nothing happened to him there's nothing wrong with the system we're just not policing the system well same thing goes for policing policing is such a difficult nuanced job there's nothing really wrong with policing modern policing is probably the best policing you could find in the world right now the problem is properly policing the police making sure that there are checks and balances, making sure that they're held accountable when they're corrupt, and they're too scared to be corrupt because the penalties are that
0: big. So I guess looking at it, um, I agree with what you're saying, and it reminds me of something that I learned in Divorce Corp., which is a documentary mm-hmm. specifically about the family court system and how basically it's like a weird game of musical chairs that one week you might show up and the lawyer that you were up against might literally be (laughs) the judge or a referee or something like that in the next case that you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I had a friend when I was at Occupy who went through the trouble of going and becoming a lawyer and then she never practiced. And I was like, why? You know, and she's like, well, (laughs) you get into the courtroom and then you find out that, you know, the judge plays golf with your opponent, and it's like, well, never mind, you know. Um, So, in any case, uh, Nathan, I wanted to ask you, uh, what are you up to now, other than obviously the stuff we're not allowed to talk about? (laughs) Um, You know, is there anything new as far as, like, are you thinking about trying to cover anything else, or, like, what are you moving into next?
2: I'm um, actually in the, almost the final steps of publishing a photo book of the nights, um, from the shooting of Jacob Blake through the, uh, shooting with Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, so those three nights, um, that I'm hoping to have that book out to the public in the next month, month and a half. Sweet deal. Where can people come check it out? Um, that it's it's not released yet. I will be getting a website up very shortly with all the details and I will link it to my social media, my Twitter. Sweet deal. Sweet deal.
0: Um have you ever have you thought about trying to get similar quality photos at anything else going on in the world? Like or have you Is does this situation kind of put you off of it? Um I have thought about covering some of the
2: other protests that have spurred up and popped up throughout the country um but there isn't nothing that I feel comfortable doing right now
0: yeah I can't really blame you It's unfortunate I I wish I could still do that kind of stuff when I got my spinal injury and I got kids and it's like man it's I'm not going around in a walker if Antifa ever figured out who I was they wouldn't be too happy with my presence and I'd end up being the next Kyle Rittenhouse and you'd have to turn in some pictures of me and tell the judge you know or, or tell tell the to, you know, the lawyer hey man you better say what you put down there what I said not what you said or what what, what was the exact quote the legendary quote
2: um uh, make uh how did I say it make sure
0: you're saying what I'm saying right mm. exactly yep for sure um anybody in the chat if you guys have any uh questions for our streamers let me know before we close out tonight and uh, again go ahead
4: strategic
3: yeah Neil I just uh, got something in my feed um a New York city um EMT lieutenant a female who's sixty years old and you know they have rank structure in the EMTs but she's just an emergency medical technician she's not law enforcement um she was stabbed today and um I just wanna let me just get her name real quick. I just want to, you know, basically pay my respects or whatever, man. It's it's really, really sad.
0: Go for it. That
3: New York City is so terrible. So um, the young lady's name is Lieutenant Allison Russo Elling. You know, for anybody who hate cops, just because it says Lieutenant, she's not a police officer. She's just the EMT worker. I'll put it up on my camera. Let's see if my camera actually, there you go, zoom in on it. And um, she got stabbed today just responding to a guy who's having a mental health um crisis or whatever and he stabbed her and she's dead now you know and that's very sad and I just wanted to pay my respects and you know that's it
0: that is messed up mm-hmm. you know and so like you said a paramedic i mm-hmm. we still need to do that police activity stream but
3: be careful, yes. man. If I'm on your show, they might ban you.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had my own problems with them in the past. I just I keep coming back to the one police activity stream, or it wasn't a stream, it was a video, where this guy had OD'd and so they gave him the Narcan or whatever to get him awake. Yeah. And so the cops and the EMTs, and the, there was a fireman there who actually not it wasn't EMTs, like fireman paramedic was present. And they're just desperately trying to convince this guy, you really got to go to the hospital, man. As soon as this stuff wears off, you could die. And
4: yeah. they were
0: so nice to him. And they kept saying, is it okay if I search you? They were so super polite. Like, yeah. all the ways that these people in La La Land think that cops should talk to every criminal. And then I think, like, 30 minutes into the video, he pulls out a pistol and starts firing, and he kills an innocent fireman, you know, yeah, and shot that mm-hmm that that one
3: was just so it's yeah, like a, a, a greyhound they stopped the bus right he was saying like erratic things he sounded like mentally unstable but he was really high on on meth i believe it was he was high on something it's very sad and that's why cops act the way they act you know that's why you know today we had a situation where a father said that his son was feeling suicidal and he had a shotgun in the house you know, and he comes you know we're we're all stacked outside his door being- being quiet and as soon as he come out the door, there's like ten guns training on him because when you try and well, what's the odds he's going to come out with a gun let's see what's going on. you know that's when you lose your life that's why cops are always so hyper vigilant because we get trained watching those videos, and they tell us, look how nice those guys are. Look at the benefit of the doubt that those officers gave that man, and look now. I think one cop was shot and a firefighter was killed.
0: That's just messed up. I mean That's just boring. it's kind of a thing where it's like you know if if anybody acted the way that they want I mean, they they did everything that supposedly activists want. Those police mm-hmm. were extremely nice to that guy and all it did was get somebody killed. You mm-hmm. know, and that comes back to you know I think it would be great if you and um, good logic and You know, if you could try, you should also think about trying to involve Neo Unrealist because he lives in New York. Mm -hmm. But the the crazy, like, new laws that basically we're just going to let these people back out on the streets with no bail. And it was like, what direction is that going to head? I just, I'm really worried about the future because it's going to be a question of how long are they going to, is it going to take before people figure out that that, that's not going to work? Yeah, I mean.
3: Neil, the issue is that it's just like the thing we spoke about, where I said that the you know the institution is fine. It's about enforcement. The same thing goes for bail reform. There is nothing wrong with bail reform, Neil. If if I go into a store and I steal a pack of cigarettes, which I don't smoke, and it's my first offense, there's no reason why I should have a bail. I didn't do anything violent. I did you know this is my first theft, but when you make a law that says that i can go and steal that pack of cigarettes 50 freaking times and each time i steal that cigarette i'm going to get out with no bill you know what that means that means that i feel like there's no accountability for my actions and i'm just going to keep stealing that's the problem with bill reform they made it as though like it was children making it <laughs> you know they put right. no they, they they put no limits on anything so now we have situations where I pick a guy up for assaulting his wife, and he's out the next day, you know, with no bail. And that's his fifth time assaulting her, you know, or or guys are getting caught with guns, we're taking guys off the streets for guns, and there's no bail. They're being released. Well, why did they have a gun in the first place? Because they're dangerous people and they were willing to use that gun to victimize the community that's not taken into account. It's like, oh. Gun, no big deal. Felon having a gun, no big deal. I believe in bail reform, but common sense bail reform. We should not have a system where we're locking people up for minor, non-violent crimes, but we also should not have a system that allows them to do those crimes every day without repercussions. It's just insane. We just see. It seems like we can't get anything right, Neil. We can't get anything right. We either go too far left or we go too far right. We can never meet up in the middle. And and, and 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 just really do some thoughtful reform on these issues.
0: So, Nathan, um, I know this is not normally what you end up talking about, but it'd be cool if people could get to know some sort of your personal views. But, like, would you say that being around in that riot, like, think about your perspective on crime and all that before you were up close and personal to that, and then after? When you look at people saying things like abolish the police or you know, set, you know, no bail for people who are literally like attempted murderers or whatever. Does it, is it sobering for you having been through what you've been through to look at the insanity that some people want to see our criminal justice system to turn into?
2: Yes, I definitely don't agree with this no bond and stuff that's going on. Um, I think it's, it's crazy, especially for us in Kenosha, because we're on the border of Illinois. Um, We're between two big cities, uh, Chicago and Milwaukee. So we get a, you see a huge uptick in the violence and shootings lately. And it's just, it's sad.
0: And I I don't understand how they think that it's going to get better by letting people back out on the street. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. Um, It's so backwards, but I mean, it's, so one of the things about society right now is like it's just turned crazy, and you know, I mean, you did a good job uh, going over that one show. It was a it was a rising show or whatever where they brought some lady in from Twitter. Um, this is talking about you, strategic. I think you covered mm-hmm. this. I believe you did. Anyway, like Brianna Joy Gray, and then like um, you know, brings on, on a rising show, and then like Robbie, the oh, libertarian, yeah, yeah. Is sitting there, like he just keeps looking over yeah. like what am I, why, <laughs> who why am I here? This yeah, he is like looking an like, asylum.
3: It was like you he was know? in the movie Get Out, like his brain was being sucked out or something, man. Like he
0: <laughs> was like was in the moment Well, they're just they're just talking about a guy, I don't know if you're familiar with this story name, but um who uh had brutally beaten some you know uh, Asian lady caught on camera and then goes to jail and then they let Two. him out
3: Two, oh. an old lady and a young lady
0: oh okay and then like then she he goes and beats up somebody in his subway wasn't it like the same day or was yeah. it yeah he beats, up,
3: he beats up an African American subway worker who was defending a woman who he was harassing
0: all in the name of social justice and on that segment of rising. You know the lady in the middle that they had brought on, like you know, Robbie's saying, "Well, we have to take these people off the street," and she's like, "Why?" (laughs) Like shrugs, like, "Why?" Like, you know, it's like when you when you talk to those people, it's this weird situation where their math, their equation, does not include the people these people hurt because they
3: don't—they're not a part of that world, Neil. She lives in a doorman building in Midtown Manhattan. She doesn't have to worry about, you know, these crazy folks until she does, and then she'll change her opinion once it happens to her or her bestie.
0: Right. That's right. You know, and mm. all the guys, you know, Zeminski, Grosskreutz, you know, every one of them. And, I, you know, I actually should have brought it up. I know they identified Jump Kick Man, and it turned out he was not exactly a nice person either. Did you... Did you read any of that stuff, Nathan? I I didn't like do more follow up. Maybe you can share.
2: Um, I, all I know is that they they did identify him, uh, referring to Jump Kick Man.
0: You know, so somebody is asking. And the funny thing is, is that uh, I happen to know that two of us actually are Bernie voters. I have no idea who um, Nathan votes for, but um, will they? Will the left win this info culture war? You know, at least when it comes to this, I'm almost kind of of the opinion that you you get to a point that the left has gone so insane that it almost feels like this is going to help the right. It's not going to help the left. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The people are not going to be more interested in voting for Democrats with this insanity. You know, um, it almost feels sometimes like it's a psyop or something to get the left to just kill itself because that's definitely the direction that it's headed. Um, But in any case, you know, no bond should only be for minor crimes. And I can agree to that, you know, um, if it's nonviolent offenses, for example, you know, like if a kid got caught with a bag of weed, I don't, you know, fine. Don't, you know, incarcerate him. But when you get repeat criminal, violent offenders who just keep getting out over and over and over again, you, you just, just it's clown world. Like what the hell is going on here? So I want to thank you guys for coming on tonight um and nathan again i'm sorry just want to be clear i was not trying to put you on the spot that was so long ago i would have figured they'd have gotten you straighted away and i didn't know it was still going on (laughs) so i feel dumb because i didn't follow up. yes it
2: it it it, it has uh, been postponed i actually don't even have a date currently um and that's due to the judge being out on medical leave
0: is it gonna be judge schroeder again or um yes he is out on medical
2: leave right now okay
0: well no uh, yeah i was just gonna say if you got him you know that's worth waiting for honestly (laughs) i think he (laughs) understands the situation better than anybody and i'm sure he'd love to have him in his courtroom so i guess just keep us in touch i'm embarrassed that that even came up because i did not want you to do anything to in any way you know i literally thought wow that has to be over by now right oh
2: you would think um yeah but it is not and I don't even, honestly, I don't even
0: have a date um, set for the trial anymore. <laughs> a poor horse abused by Sank Super Chat here have some useless currency. <laughs> 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 I have no idea what that is, but thank you very much. What the hell is A something Th- I don't
3: know. You said what? Abused it's, by Shank? Ch- by yeah. He,
0: well, yeah, oh, no. hey, oh, okay. That's like, what? like oh, no, some kind of know. money or something. I have yeah, no Australian,
3: idea. Australian, Australian currency no. is that
0: what it is? No. But no, I haven't seen you in a while. Poor horse abused by Chick. <laughs> the name that's always funny. Oh, say that's, his that's, yeah, exactly. that's his
3: name. That's oh. yeah, that's his name. Yeah.
0: No, and then look, there's the horse. <laughs> right. Um, so.
3: But Chank is 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 conservative now. He's against bail reform. Remember.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. That that's been really crazy to watch New York Times or I'm sorry, New York Times, uh the young Turks argue with other leftists about something like mm-hmm. this. I mean, you know, um they had remember... some
3: lunatic lady on some um, yep. she was like a DA from Brooklyn or something. She was insane, bro.
0: Oh my <laughs> goodness, I remember her. She was like yeah. she had like um braids, I think.
3: Yeah, she was bananas, man. She like literally wants all the bad guys to go free. It's is insane, man. You know, um, to be honest with you, I know you're about to wrap it up, but I think that this whole, everything is imploding right now. The whole, all these social movements are imploding. We just, we're just we just too caught up with what's happening with the economy to really pay attention to it. But it's really breaking down at the seams. Like, bail reform is breaking down. Like, the approval ratings are through the toilet, all right? We have one guy who, his name is Pedro Hernandez, who was like the poster child for bail reform in New York, right? He kept getting off for gun charges. He was in jail. He was 17 years old. They're like, oh, he didn't do it. He's innocent. The DA dropped it, the gun charge against him. And the DA said, listen, man, I think this guy did it, but we're dropping the charges. It's up to him to change his life. That's what the DA said four years ago when he was 17 years old. Now this same guy shot at is arrested for attempted murder for shooting at people in midtown Manhattan. Right next to St. Patrick's Cathedral, like one of the biggest tourist areas in New York. This guy's trying to kill people like these are the people who are benefiting from bail reform. The worst of the worst. And and people are starting to realize that they're starting to realize that BLM is a sham. They're trying to realize that bail reform is trash. There's going to be a reckoning in the polls, people. There's going to be a reckoning. And the problem is people like me, I'm not conservative. You guys know, everyone who watches my channel, I got a lot of strategic guys, people in the chat. I'm a centrist slash Democrat. Not, well, not Democrat, slash liberal. Mm-hmm. Where are the ones who are going to hurt? Because this country is going to go far right because people are tired. They're tired of the nonsense of these delusional libtards. They're so right. delusional... Liberal people insult them. And we're supposed to have the same ideals.
0: $50 Super Chat, a new record on V Radio from Steel Stargazer. Wow, that's awesome. I I just wanted to thank all of your guests and you for keeping us informed and waking many people up with facts and opinions that really matter. Thank you. Um, You can interact with Steel Stargazer on the V Radio Discord, also known as Mountain Goddess. And she's a goddess now. My goddess of the $50 bill.
3: She making it rain. You need some sound effects, Neil. Let me help you out.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Strategic back again.
3: Yeah, baby. (laughs) I haven't done it in a while, man.
0: (laughs) I'll tell you what, you know, while you're banned, man, it it sounded like you have a lot more to say. I just, because of the fact that I don't want to put Nate in a situation where he's just going to sit here, you, you and I talk, you know. Feel free if you want to bust in, Nate, and I know I told you you didn't have to be on all night, so if you need to go, it's totally fine, um, but otherwise, you know, it's great, it's always great having you on, Nathan, and just please keep us informed about what's going on. I remember once you, didn't you say you were going to the hospital or something a while ago? I'm like, what the hell is that? Did you, did you please <laughs> tell me what that was about?
2: Um, yeah, I, I was having some major chest pains.
0: Oh, okay, and you're obviously fine now, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Was awesome, right? So, was it just bad choices like jalapenos for for dinner or something? Or it, it it was a mixture of things. All right. Well, take care of yourself, man. We need Defin- you. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um,
2: I, I'll stay in touch with this book coming up. Uh, this photo book coming up, and um, I am in the works of also um trying to uh, move out of Wisconsin, um, so. Hopefully within the this coming up year, <laughs> um, I'll be able to make it out. Um, and I do have a place set in my
0: mind, but I am gonna keep that private. No, well, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't tell me <laughs> what you're doing. You know, I'm I'm glad that you're getting out of that situation, but you know, by no yes. means. But either way, even when you move away from Wisconsin, you won't be too good for us. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you remember us, man, and I. I want to thank you for being a guest on my show you know and you and grambo did pretty early on and i you know when all that stuff went on you know like all that many of us even wanted like the the internet sleuths who put together all those videos and stuff to get kyle off was just hey could you come on our show like that's literally all i wanted i don't want any of your money i, I in fact for the first year of that whole thing. People like, Hey, where can we donate? We already don't. Your videos are so important. I'm like, nah, no, nah, no, nah. Just, just give it to Kyle's defense. bud. you know, I stayed away from that, but, um, but you and like Granbo, I remember getting her. That was fun because, um, at that <laughs> point, it's always fun to have on a show. She is. And she was, she wanted to come on tonight. She says to go somewhere, but, um, Fox wanted her. MSNBC wanted her. All these major media companies are contacting her. And they could not get her. She ended up coming to V Radio. And what's messed up about that is that I tried to get an ad for that. And Google denied my ad. And I was like, why? And they're like, shocking content. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) So I talked to a, a nice lady for an hour and a half. Like, I didn't play any videos. You know, it was just me and her talking about things that were happening. And that was shocking content. Um, you know but you guys can still find my first Grambo interview um, on my channel and uh, she's great and she's also interested in just coming on and being a panelist to talk about general world events so we will definitely see more of her going forward and then, um so Nate uh, one last time is there anywhere people can go to check out your stuff uh,
2: photos by um, if you want to check out some of my work um, I do still have uh give 10 go up for some of the costs to help me move because I and I am also still in a a lot of therapy EMDR therapy my regular therapy um so there's medical bills still attached to that and um or there's a cash app out there for me um it's uh the little dollar sign in photo chat um that's another way I can send it to you in a, a private comment you
0: can throw it up in my uh, in my chat man you're uh, you should be allowed to well if not, let me just go ahead and let's grab it and then I'll copy it to make absolutely sure that this goes everywhere. There we go. One second. All right, everybody. Make it rain for Photo Chad. This guy put his life in jeopardy to bring us the truth in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And when a lot of people were too scared to say it, he did. And in fact did a fantastic job of staring down, you know, um DAs that were trying to bully him. And that's honestly what made him a legend and apparently a big hit with the ladies. there were so many girls who wanted you dude i was like wow
2: (laughs) i've met a lot of people out of this it's um i made a lot of pretty good personal friends out of this and i'm just very grateful for all the support that i've received um it hasn't always been easy just because i post something uh funny or a nice picture online um, there's many days that I still struggle and I just appreciate everyone from the bottom of my heart that supported me from day one and those friends that um, I don't get to mention all the time or at all I just want to thank thank you um, it's not that I haven't forgot it just I am have so much on my mind um, so I just want to thank everyone again for all your support.
0: No problem, man. You got a million fans in this situation. I hope that, you know, that at least gives you some comfort when you go through these troubled times, is that a lot of people really appreciate what you did. So Yes, and I
2: just can't wait for the Zeminski trial to be over with. Um, if I never have to see
0: Binger again in my life, I can't wait for it either because then I could talk to my friend uh, yes. about what happened. <laughs> That'll be great. I feel so dumb that I did not I really thought that it must be over by now. I just what it is is I pulled back from Rittenhouse stuff just a little bit to concentrate on some <laughs> other things. And so I didn't follow it all the way to the end. And normally Kevin Matthewson is kind of my source on that stuff and um, I was trying to get him on, but he's been too busy. Yes, I've I've been trying to meet up with him myself. We're in the same city, but our schedules haven't aligned, uh, so we're able to do that. (laughs) All right. Well, again, Nate, you're free to stick with us if you want. I just didn't want to keep you beyond the part where we were talking about the topics that I told you we were going to be talking about. Definitely.
2: I am going to head out. Thank you, guys. Uh, It was a pleasure meeting uh, you um and a pleasure being back on your show and i hope to uh, be able to chat with you very shortly about
0: a lot of the upcoming things that have been going on in my life awesome and um when the zaminsky trial is over can i get an exclusive interview
2: yes yes you can <laughs> thanks nathan you're welcome um,
0: you guys have a great night god bless you both
3: have a good night man
0: awesome so johnny walker dread is in the chat johnny if you want to join us let me know i'll be happy to send you the stream yard i just i feel like strategic has been muzzled and i don't appreciate that no it no, a- no it's
3: all it's all good i actually got to go like probably like 20 30 minutes i'll head out too
0: okay. i worked
3: all day you know what i mean to my my limit i know you go like three four hours my limit is like a two hour show <laughs> right <laughs> two hours and then i'm i start fading like crazy but I appreciate it, man. I've been I've been in YouTube jail, man. But I've actually, to be honest with you, V, I've taken this opportunity to do some reflection on my YouTube journey. I'm actually not mad that I've been banned for two weeks because when you're not banned, you, you kind of have an obligation to your viewers to keep pushing out content. And that doesn't give you time to actually change, to actually grow, because you just keep trying to push out what the viewer's are accustomed to you stand in the same lane. So I think when I come out of this, like right now I'm studying photo, um, excuse me, um, Adobe premiere, how to edit and all that stuff. I want to start doing something that's a real big passion of mine. And I've been doing it on the show, but not as much. I want to start doing real true crime, like documentary form, true crime. So that's something that my viewers are going to start seeing. And I, I think I'm going to probably give like one live a week where we talk about the t- the typical strategic guys things. And then I'm going to be focusing more on true crime, police walkthroughs, but in a much more professional and polished manner. That's my goal for the channel. So I'm actually grateful for this hiatus.
0: Yeah, and I I also, like, I started making less content recently. Some of it is just that I've been in and out of the hospital a lot, not just for me but for my daughter and then my son also got injured in his wrestling seasons right around the corner nothing serious but it's something Mm -hmm. that takes up time and then like right you know so but it's between that and the fact that um you know i also had to try to find other ways to make a little money just because i'm disabled and i can't do normal work Mm -hmm. so um that took up a lot of my time too but it's also just a question of like trying to find the kind of like as i want the content to be to be energetic and good. I want it to, you know, and that requires that I'm in the right mindset, but that's another thing I've noticed. And, um, I I just read an article about this, that the studies are showing that post COVID effects on your brain are actually pretty bad. Um, Mm -hmm. and I get the brain fog. Sometimes I've already had ADHD kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. short-term memory loss kind of problems. Um, you know, but by the way, Johnny, I sent that to your Twitter. Um, You know, But anyway, um, so when I end up in a situation like that, I want to be totally mentally clear before Mm. I put out my stuff. And I'm very careful um, about making sure that I've researched everything really heavily. Um, I know, like, Adam Friended finally got tired of me teasing him about the Iraq War thing. And he wanted me to come debate with him and, you know, him and Sitch again on the Iraq War. And I just... It's like, I have no problem having that conversation, but I need to be prepared and have all my ducks in a row because they're going to gang up on me. But you read that you you were actually you were in rare form. Like, why are you talking to these idiots? <laughs> <You were> like, <laughs> it was like, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that anybody had that position. That was just nuts. Yeah, dude. That was
3: retarded. Like, the, you know, like I, as a YouTuber, we're both YouTubers, of course, like, the the worst thing that we we want i would I, I don't want to speak for you but i think i think you'll agree with me is to be for somebody to typecast us figure us out think they understand our entire ideology and worldview from one video right but when you say something so outlandish that defies history defies facts right defies conventional knowledge it's like how can i have faith in anything else you say and i had a ton of people say strategic i agree with you these guys are wrong on this point but if you watch their show they're mostly right and they're really good guys so i i think that that might actually be the truth but they might end up being outliers that they could possibly have the position that they had when they debated you but actually be nice guys who are mostly right because they were so off base it was unbelievable
0: that was what made it so weird for me it was like And some other guy interpreted it it as me being backed into a corner or something because I hesitated a moment. I'm like, no, I'm hesitating more because I'm, like, sitting there with my eyes furrowed, like, what? Like, (laughs) these are people that I listen to their streams for hours. And I'm like, this is the most absurd, ridiculous take I've ever seen. So here we have the uh, Johnny Walker Dread um, minus his beautiful backgrounds and cowboy hat. (laughs)
5: Hey, is my microphone sounding okay? If not, I'll grab my other one.
0: No, you sound fine, man. Hello oh, out okay. there. He is trying to get through. So,
5: Yeah, the um, internet's being... I use an ethernet. My internet's being used by my significant other tonight, so I'm stuck in a different room, so I can't turn on my...
0: Uh, all your cool stuff. ...video camera. Yeah. Your
5: production's always. Hey, How things? you doing, Strategic? What's happening, Johnny? How are you... Oh, been doing all right. It's been hectic as hell. Buying a new home, and I hate it. I hate it.
3: I well, cannot stand house shopping. Everybody hates that process, man. It oh, sucks. Man. Well, <laughs> then you're it's like
0: you're trying to buy a car, you just inevitably somebody's trying to screw you in some way, and you gotta hope that you know anybody that you paid to inspect it is not you know is, is doing their job. It just did mm-hmm. you know. And if you get caught holding the bag, man, that sucks. We find it's out. Oh, bag. great! I didn't know we had termites. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, when i go
5: and buy a a car i'm usually going and buying it myself mm -hmm. i'm not joined by somebody else Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's the difference
0: (laughs) so what have you been working on lately johnny you know um
5: haven't really been posting a lot lately just been pretty busy with work you know it's been a really busy time so uh i'm gonna try to get back into the groove uh soon but I think my last couple of videos are about Kyle. Um, mostly, I have a uh, another local lawyer episode. One of the lawyers weighing in on the Kyle Rittenhouse case makes an absolute fool of himself. And then um, I kind of picked that one apart. But um, been trying to get a little bit more work done in my book on Kyle Rittenhouse, but uh, a little slow there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's some uh, Twitter account saying Kyle Rittenhouse book. Like, they're, they're, I guess some dude from England's writing it. Yeah, it's Duncan Oldham. Yeah. Um, so you're writing one, too. That's pretty sweet. Um, you know, with me, uh, oh, somebody's saying, I'm new to your channel, V-Radio. Is your channel exclusively anti-left wing? Um, no. No. <laughs> um, so let me take a moment and explain that. Um, I am actually left-leaning on a lot of things. I am totally pro gun, 100%. Okay. Um, Shall not be infringed. Um, I, let me see what else. Um, I lean kind of pro life ish. Like, I'm not really big on trying to make um, laws about it necessarily, but I totally get that perspective. I just choose not to get intimate with people that I think would abort a baby we might have. That's my answer to it. But, like, that's, these are things that normally just get you completely. Um, disqualified from saying you're left anything, right? Um, and I'm way anti woke. And my reasons for being anti woke is just I was literally a leftist on the ground activist at Occupy Wall Street. And when it started, we were the unified 99%. We were people of all races and colors and creeds. And, you know, nobody cared what you're. Gender identity was nobody cared about any that it wasn't relevant because we were the unified ninety nine percent, and then I just watched as wokeness showed up, and then suddenly we were the thirteen percent or the twenty two percent of, you know, and then it was this new fight for the new hierarchy, which is well, how do I get to the top of the new hierarchy? Well, the new hierarchy is if I could be, say, black, bisexual, transsexual, like you know, how many of these you know, oppressed groups could I put together? And then that means I'm more important than you because I have all of these groups. And the thing that bothered me is I want to be sure marginalized people talk and, you know, and and speak and everything and get forward and get their points out, obviously. But they would also kind of expect you that if somebody who is higher up, quote unquote, higher up in the oppression hierarchy said something absolutely ridiculous, you're just supposed to go along with it because you're a straight white male. And I'm like, no, not on board. You just said something dumb. I'm not going with that. But more to the point, it just made us ineffective and stupid. And then, you know, it totally ruined, um, you know, where the left was going. And we had a lot of momentum back then. But as somebody recently pointed out, uh, because it was talked about on Joe Rogan, um, you know, the, the left had Occupy and the right had the Tea Party. And I remember distinctly Congressman Ron Paul saying to the Tea Party, hey, you guys need to go reach out to Occupy Wall Street because we have common opponents. And shortly thereafter, um, you know, everything falls apart because obviously the conservatives are definitely not going to get on board with the woke stuff. So, you know, and Strategic wants us to know that he likes bacon. (laughs) (laughs)
3: So, I like bacon because Lucifer likes bacon.
4: <laughs>
0: well, well, yeah. Lucifer's a dog, so of course he likes bacon. What dog does not like bacon?
3: A Canadian dog.
0: <laughs> right. So, this person says, you sound similar to me. I was an Occupy Wall Street lefty, but now I've swayed more to being a social conservative and political libertarian. Um, I'm libertarian in a lot of things. Um, so, it's like my position on the trans stuff, for example, is, is you know, if it's victimless. I, I don't whatever I'll call you, whatever pronoun. I, I don't care about any of that. It's, it's when you get into a situation, when you think that your identity means that you should be allowed to take things away from other people, that it becomes a problem. And, you know, but anyway, so, um, but I hope that like, uh, said, you know, yeah, whatever. Thank you. And welcome to the show. Um, but yeah, it's not all anti-left. Um, I, I'm very careful because I honestly feel that right now left versus right is just not as important as truth versus lies. It's not as important as thinking versus not, you know, and the reality is like I mentioned at the earlier, I don't think you were on strategic, but I did a poll of my viewership and I had 17% MAGA Republicans, 43% third party or independent conservatives 34 um uh you know independent left-leaning you know third party and then very very few actual republicans or democrats it was like tiny percentages you know mm-hmm. so um so i like it that way and somehow in my discord just like in strategic discord People don't agree with things all the time, but somehow they manage to conduct themselves like human beings and talk to each other. And, you know, that can be done. And that to me is my goal is that, you know, like if you look at my artwork, you see that I'm holding up a severed head of a Republican Party symbol and a Democrat Party symbol that I feel that we need to get past these kinds of stupid, you know, duopolies and, and be able to just be people. You know, like mm-hmm. I should be allowed to be pro-gun and pro say welfare if I want to be, you know, um, sock on super chat for 10 bucks. Great guest tonight. Sometime I forget you guys are normal people with jobs and families. I'm so used to the hyper online gamers. It's nice to know that people like you guys fight this fight. Well, yeah, you know, and I, I tell people that all the time, I, I guess you see more of the regular side of things. Um, when you're, you're, when you're streaming, cause we're just kind of talking you know, it's not as like perfect, like, you know, strategic, you always say you like my documentaries, really, you know, like, but it's all measured. I don't script things. I don't write them down. Um, but I will re-record something. If I listen to it, I go, nah, that was crap. <laughs> um, so Johnny, just to anybody who's not familiar with you, why don't you tell them about your channel?
5: Yeah, I started out about a little over two years ago, I was going to do a channel that was dedicated to basically uh, police brutality, but, you know, kind of exposing the truth and providing some perspective about police brutality. For example, the the myth that it only happens to uh, black people, right? And so I was posting a lot of videos that showing that, um, you know, police make mistakes and it, it, they don't make mistakes that benefit or harm any one particular class or race over another, uh, they're human and they screw up just like we do. And uh, that's the way it was going to start. I did a few videos and had like five subscribers and then um, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing started up and to make a long story short, when I saw him crying in the police station, that was the first time I realized that, you know, here's, here's somebody out there that needs a voice. Um, Because at at that time, I had kind of figured out actually what had happened. Uh, I was under the same myths that a lot of people were under for quite a while. And I decided, well, I'm just going to reorient my show towards, you know, exposing the truth on that uh, particular incident. I ended up with 300 videos on the Kyle Rittenhouse saga. I have like 500 total so I've dived deep and hard into pretty much everything. But I've also done a lot of, of other videos and stuff. I just did one on the police that left the uh, the girl in the back of the car on the train tracks. Uh, strategic, are you familiar with that one?
3: Yeah, that was... Um, I mean, they turned a, a, a road rager, they are arresting her for road rage, into a millionaire. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Terrible policing, terrible yeah. tactics... I, I damn near say almost criminal certainly yes. administrative termination as a former internal investigator you guys know I wear a lot of hats in my life mm-hmm. I would definitely say you, you're getting to like a negligence like you know but oh man keep going I'm, I'm sorry bro that was just horrible
5: yeah my my take on it was more to be humorous about it because she didn't die, but she got busted up enough to where man I'm not certain that was really in good taste uh, you know mm. because you know if she
3: had died, obviously I would not have
5: done mm. that show, but she got hurt pretty bad at that, and I'm starting to feel kind of bad about what i said but but think you
3: about what you saw, man i mean not not in reference to you making light of it i'm I'm just talking about it in general, mm-hmm. you put her on the tracks, she's cuffed up. She hears the train coming before them. They actually had time to remove her from the car. They bailed on her. Yeah.
5: Wow. Uh And then her testimony while she was in the hospital, Mm -hmm. that she heard that she was trying to find a way to get out of the police car, but she can't. Mm -hmm. She's handcuffed. She's screaming for help. That must have been horrendous. Yeah, yeah. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine, but I would say if I was going to characterize my channel, it would be whenever I see social media, especially just making really bad assumptions and bad logic about some incident. I tend to jump on it, and what almost do you mean always that Kyle it's Ritten against House the left.
0: Didn't shoot black people.
5: <laughs> oh yeah, don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. go ahead. <laughs> well, and that's the thing about it was that I have 300 videos because there were so many misconceptions and myths and falsehoods that went out, I don't think I know of a an incident, a, a criminal case that has evoked so much uh, falsehood as that one. It, it's just, I mean, I have a dumb, uh, what is it, dumb argument series where I expose a dumb argument about the, um, the trial, and it's up over 80 now. Mm. So that should give you a, an idea about how ridiculous the uh, reporting of that
0: was. So super chat from D5280. Um, I guess what is that? Your your stormtrooper designation or <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, two for two dollars, great content, truth content. And um, everybody that's been on the stream tonight, folks, fits into that category. Um, if you have not uh checked out Strategic Eyes or Johnny Walker Dread uh or um obviously good logic uh i also have their channels are all featured on my channel but um good logic i don't know if i've gotten around to putting him on there yet um but you should check them out you guys if you like my stuff would also like neo unrealist um he's a new yorker and um he was a youtuber right at the end of the time period where it was a little easier to get subscribers so he's got like 30k and then he's been stuck there now for like the last six years that guy can have sargon of Akkad on his show And his subscriber list doesn't go up, you know, like he's so screwed by the algorithm, but a lot of great down to earth content with that guy, too. Um, You know, and obviously uh, Logical Checkmate, our favorite um, Czech Republic uh, individual who I met through you, Johnny, you know, does great work, um, Mm. kind of providing a European context on things, Um, you know, so... In any case, uh, strategic, you know, I'd like to reach out to you about being on a couple more times during your, you know, your, uh, your outing. And if you see anything that um you mm-hmm. want to talk about, just let me know because um I I don't want to call it writer's block. It's more just there's a few things that I'm researching that I'm I'm looking to try to get really nailed down. Like I want to nail down completely the connection between weather underground terrorists and the violent. Um, movements that we've just had and I think I've got enough but I don't feel quite satisfied it's like I wish I had a smoking <laughs> gun you know um, I'm also working on you know I got a few irons in the fire I've got to do I got to do another reply to Sitch and Adam because of their argument with me about um, apparently in their world uh, campaign finance has nothing to do with who gets elected president
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
0: oh my god. Oh, right. I know. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know? And I said, um, so does the entire history of our, you know, of our species that shows that people who have more money tend to win the election. He's like, well, correlation doesn't equate to causation. I'm like, what is that about? You know? Um, anyway, so I got to do that. And, um, there's a few other things I'm working on. If there's anything you guys want me to do, Uh, By all means, um, you know, let me know in my Discord. I'm extremely active on my Discord. And I want to say, guys, that's always going to be the case if I have my way. Um, One of the things that bothers me the most about some of the bigger streamers is that they disconnect from their audience. And I'm not like that. Um, You know, I I always, for example, if you leave comments, I respond to your comments. I I talk Mm -hmm. to people sometimes for a long time. And to that, we, we, we're unusual for doing that. You know, like, to me, it's like, you know, I remember, for example, shoe on Head, um, I like her content, but she has a Discord that you have to be a patron to join. And then come to find out, you know, she'll literally say at the end of her stream, and I'll be on my Discord when I'm done here. You know, this is how you join it. And then she's not there. So she's got your money, and then she just never shows up. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's neat, you know. Um you know, but that that kind of crap is never going to happen. Um, it's never my intention to do that. If I get to a point where things are really huge, yes, it'll be a little harder to answer people. But I don't know if that will ever happen with our current algorithm. Mm. $5 super chat from Lucifer the Doberman says, I will send bacon to any one of you boys. Hit me up in Discord with a mailing address. <laughs> so you want the bacon? Lucifer's bringing home the bacon. or are mm. sending home the bacon. <laughs> See,
5: I, got, I got a, a weather... Um... Weather Underground story for you. Go for it. Yeah, I was uh, at a conference uh, and Bill Ayers was the guest speaker. He was the, um, the, you know, and he's the, he was former head of the Weather Underground. This is a terrorist group. And at the end, everybody stood up and gave him a standing ovation. These are educators. Everybody in that room was either a superintendent or somebody higher up in the education department. And of course I had to stand up as part of it, because I'm a vendor, and I the last thing I wanted to do was to be sitting there while everybody else is standing up, and I to explain to them why I didn't stand up for their anointed leader. But yeah, Bill Ayers, he was a personal friend of Arnie Duncan, who was the uh, former Secretary of Education. Um, yeah, the, the Education Department actually gave him a standing ovation. They think he's an absolutely standout guy. There you go. Mm. That's
0: just so messed up. And people have forgotten about it, but their rhetoric sounds exactly like current Antifa and the violent parts of BLM's rhetoric and their imagery. The fist imagery that BLM uses literally is rather Underground's imagery. That was why I was like, wait a second here. And then then you look into it and you find out these people are on boards of directors of organizations that fund BLM. And then I don't know if I told you about the strategic, but like there was this DA in San Francisco was just letting everybody back out on the street all the time. He finally got recalled. And it turns out his parents are both weather underground terrorists. Really? How how, how do you get elected DA with terrorist parents? You know, but like you said, nobody treats them like that. Go ahead, Johnny.
5: You know, that's one of the things that really bothers me the most is when people say, and I come from the conservative side of things, although I'm not a Trumper. But when they say that, you know, we conservatives are really, we really like our criminals. I mean, you have got to be kidding me. Um, right. There is, you know, a, a a person who was given tenured professorship at. Um, no, it wasn't Harvard. It was at. A, it was one of the Ivy League schools. She had murdered her ba- her kid when she was young, he was like eight years old. Um, and then hid his body and 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 never did, point the police to where he was buried. And yet later on, after she served her prison sentence, they let her become a tenured professor and so yeah the left loves its criminals too and i know i know that you kind of hang out more on the left-hand side there um neil but you know i'm just trying to say that it's one side is not more pro-criminal than the other in this respect
0: no no you're not wrong it's just no. the thing that's annoying people like me in strategic is that it should not be a requirement that we go along with that nonsense and still be labeled like uh, like i just had a panel of long-time leftists who were like what the hell is going on like you know no you're not wrong that's why so much of my content is about calling it out because like, if you remember what i've always said is that okay fine so black lives matter says they don't advocate for violence when you're going to call it out because in occupy anytime somebody did something that we did not agree with we would literally do a press conference like we would immediately say, that wasn't us. We're not into violent activism. That has nothing to do with us. Nobody does that anymore. People are just free to do whatever kind of screwed up activism they want. Nobody says a damn thing. And if you happen Mm -hmm. to be white, you're going to be told you can't tell us how to protest. Mm -hmm. Like, because that makes sense. You know, obviously that that was the kind of logic I was talking about. Is like, you know, I would ask them things like, do you want to be effective? Like, is that your goal? And then unfortunately it just kind of became clear. It's not, they, they're all playing some kind of weird game, you know, um, of making themselves feel good. Like that's what their activism is about. It's not about being effective. Um, so I think the last thing I'll do with you guys is play a very brief clip of John Cleese explaining that. Um, but before I do, uh, strategic, where can people see your stuff when it's actually available again, although it's still up, right?
3: Yeah, my channel's still up. I've, you know, got over a thousand videos. You can go over to the Strategic Guys show, check it out. Also, I have a backup channel called Strategic Guys After Dark Show. Um, when I'm done with my hiatus, my punishment, my my jail sentence, which would be sometime in mid-October, um, or, you know, maybe, uh, I guess, like, uh, I've been suspended for, like, two, three days now, so, you know, uh, 12, 11 days from now, something to that effect, Um I'll be back, I'll be streaming. I'll definitely send out notifications. Just go ahead and subscribe. You can definitely subscribe. It's not a big deal. YouTube is not stopping people from subscribing. We're actually a little bit over a little bit under 200 subscribers to go to get to 7,000. So we're moving, we're growing. Um and like I said to you before, I will be doing more true crime. I'll still be talking about social things. I'll still be calling out the the insanity that we see happening from this activist culture but i will be doing something that's a passion to me um which is doing true crime and i also try and be a little bit more careful so i don't get in trouble with youtube again <laughs>
0: that's just so
4: stupid I just,
0: uh okay uh question from the chat do you guys think we'll look back on the the, the 10s and 20s is the social justice era similar to how we look back on the 50s and 60s you know One of my longtime viewers told me to go back and watch this documentary that was specifically about the Dirty Harry films. And it was because they talked a little bit about the social climate at the time. And the the point that the lady who sent me the link was trying to make was like, it seems like this stuff is on a cycle. So I'm hoping that all this insanity is on a cycle. But what concerns me is that there are certain changes in our society right now that it's kind of hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Um, That was one of the other things I'm researching is about child rearing, you know, and discipline is a real hot button issue. And I'm concerned that we're being pushed in a certain direction on how to raise our kids by people who are using very shoddy science to try to make their arguments. But just like with the trans stuff that somehow just keeps getting forced through, even though the science has already been proven to be shoddy. um, It's just kind of getting ramrodded through. And then we're making policy based on it. It's going to be something that's going to be a bit harder to change. I think, What would be different is is that in the 60s when extremism got way out of control it eventually kind of got dialed back and i'm concerned about whether or not that will happen this time i do believe that eventually the page is going to turn on the trans stuff because it's just too obviously wrong there's too many things there that are just blatantly wrong um and i think that what's going to happen is like i know a trans person right now a friend of mine who's dying of cancer like the long-term consequences of using a lot of this stuff is still to be decided but you know it may not even be in our lifetimes they finally get around to going man did we ever screw that up but before i uh move on uh strategic did you have anything about this that you wanted to say and then i'll ask you too johnny
3: um yeah you know i i kind of agree with this the latter part of your statement i i don't think that the, the activists now are going to have the same impact that they had in the 60s, the 50s and 60s. They were actually fighting for something concrete, something that was obvious. Like now it's like most of their arguments are platitudes and most of their, their facts aren't really facts. And people, it's not that hard for people to debunk that what they're saying is not true. So saying that, you know, the police are massacring black people. Well, if you just look at any fact, any fact pattern you look at any any website that 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 tracks this data, you look at the federal government's websites. You know that's not true. It doesn't happen. You know. I think like the era of Martin Luther King and those guys is over. You know, and it's the, really the, unfortunate. <laughs> and yeah, and the people who are the leaders of today, we're finding out every single day that they're corrupt, and we're getting evidence of it. You know, so the Patrice collars they're not going to endure. They've already been discredited. Okay, all it takes is a a change in administration and we could possibly see these folks going to jail. To be real. Right. You know, so I and, and if you look at it as well, none of these people are transformational type leaders. None of them, their leadership doesn't, you know, extend beyond their core believers, you know, the people who are their sheep. So Martin Luther King, he was actually changing people's minds, all right? He was literally reaching people who were racist. He was actually changing their opinions on black folks. Like, nobody listens to Patrice Cullors, except for people who've already been brainwashed to believe everything that comes out of her mouth. You know, even, like, activists speak. I don't mean to go on and on, but, like, I hate the way activists speak Fine, go ahead, dude. You know, they're like, oh, you know, right, you know, like, -mm." Like, what the hell are you talking about, man? I hate you. But anyway, the bottom line is, I totally agree that, you know, eventually we're going to get a great reset. It's going to come because people are tired. Just like how we see the reset coming with the whole C-19 situation where not even the government is pushing back like, oh, okay, we can't keep doing this. Oh, it's over. You know, you guys don't need to have masks. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. We start seeing whistleblowers coming out from all these different agencies saying, oh, you know, the science that we gave you was incorrect. We're going to experience a great reset. I don't know how broad that reset is going to be when it comes to the social issues, but it's going to happen. And none of these people are enduring leaders. They're clear frauds. They're clear grifters and history will recognize them for who they really are.
0: Uh, Johnny, did you want to comment on this?
3: Yeah, let me start off with the
0: trans thing. Um, I think what really
5: bothers me the most about it is that back in the day, and I hate saying that because it makes me does do sound old, but back in the day, you you encountered a uh, struggle and you had to fight your way through it and it made you stronger. Um, Yes, you had, you know, you broke up your girlfriend and you were devastated. I mean, you know, and and it took weeks to get over it. But that was sort of the rite of passages of becoming an adult. Now, parents cannot bear the thought of their kids enduring any kind of hardship. So when they have problems with, you know... Um, you know, let me put it this way, it, when their kids are having emotional problems, they think there must be something out there that can solve the problem for them. And a lot of the times they're blaming the gender thing. Um, so if a kid is confused or whatever is, you know, having very typical normal problems, they want to fix it because they can't bear to see their kids suffer. And so they're having undergoing these surgeries and stuff. Um, this is really, really going to work out badly in my opinion. Um, You sometimes just have to persevere. And a lot of the kids now in the new generation cannot persevere because they have been, let's say, coddled their entire lives by parents who, who are essentially out to try to solve all their problems for them and you can't and and back in the day when we had tomboys girls that did very boyish things and and didn't fit the stereotype um you know they were always considered a little bit odd but you know ultimately in the end they usually grew up to be normal adults now they're undergoing surgeries and right. i have yet to see one yet that turned out to be somebody who was happy they seem to be bitter and Upset about something all the time. Well, I thought that this was supposed to take care of that problem for them, but it's not. It's just disguising, in my opinion, um, emotional problems that can often border on mental health uh, disease. So we'll see 10, 20 years from now what's going to become of these kids. And I don't think it's going to be very good. Well, and
0: um, worse, oh, go ahead and finish.
5: No, no, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, I was going point. to
0: say, what else that bothers me is that um, those people are now raising their own kids. And, like, that's one of the things I'm going to get into about my child-rearing thing is, like, look, it's, it's not like it all has to be spanking. I'm not getting into that. But, like, there's a new article every week. It's, like, now I've read articles that are no yelling. I've read articles that are no timeouts. I've read articles that are now we've got dingbats at college campuses saying we should also just have no punishment And I'm just like, that doesn't even work. Like, it's like, it's not abolish the police, it's like abolish the parents. You know, and honestly, that is what a lot of these people seem to want. They don't want us to be able to parent. And the problem is, is like, you know, I looked at some of the science about that. And one of the most commonly used, for example, anti-spanking studies took data from kids who were paddled, like, you know, not brutally beaten, and then took data from kids who were brutally beaten and then stuck the data together and said, see, <laughs> all, you know, all spanking leads to more crime and more um, you know, mental illness. I mean, like, you could not get away with that in any other science. You, if you mm. tried to do that in like engineering or something, it's like, we're going to talk about the tensile strength of metal. And then took tinfoil and put it in the same data set as titanium, you would be laughed out of, like, nobody would ever tolerate that. But they were allowed to get away with that and it's not, again, it's not just about spanking, but like they say things like yelling and all that. And like, well, it causes distress in the brain or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but the whole point of it was supposed to be that you're simulating consequences because when these kids get older, real life, isn't just going to yell at them. Real life is going to fire them. Real life is going to send them to jail. Real life is going to do horrible things to them. So if they don't have any apprehension whatsoever you know, about doing bad things, which is what seems to be the case. So many of these kids, like Strategic, you just covered a video the other day about that kid who just like, he was like on another planet. Like he just thought he could just ignore the cop. He was just going to sit there on the bench and pretend the cop was not talking to him. You Mm -hmm. know, like in his world, he was above the law, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you raise a kid like that. And then real life comes crashing down on them. You know, and then the other studies that I looked at, there was a study in psychology today that talked about the fact that now those kids then go to college. And despite all these things that we were told we were supposed to do to make them better, they have more mental illness. They have more anxiety. They have more like, you know, problems and less resilience, no coping skills. You know, and then the funny thing is, is when they finally do get around to admitting that their generation is a problem, Well, who do they blame it on? They turn it right back on us. It's like, well, you're the bad parents. And I'm like, well, let me make this clear. We were forced to change the way we parented because, quote unquote, experts told us to. And if you didn't go along with it, they'll take your kids. You know, um, so we and, and they don't want us to go back to doing the things that would have been necessary to set them straight. Like none of these people that are blaming their parents are saying, okay, well, let's go back to spanking. Let's go back to yelling. Let's go back. They don't want any punishment but they still want to be able to blame us anyway you know and anyway so that's a good segue for the video i was going to play and then we'll talk just a tiny bit more about it and then we'll go from there so the funny thing is is this video was made a long time ago and it's strangely still completely applicable if anything this problem that he's describing has gotten worse when we come back oh go ahead
3: You know, when we come back, I got to get out of here. I got to work tomorrow, but I want to just make a quick point when we're done with this. Sure, go ahead. Oh, you you want to? All right. A
4: lot about extremism recently, a nastier, harsher atmosphere everywhere, more abuse and bother boy behavior, less friendliness and tolerance and respect for opponents. All right, but what we never hear about extremism is its advantages. Well, the biggest advantage of extremism is that it makes you feel good because it provides you with enemies. Let me explain. The great thing about having enemies is that you can pretend that all the badness in the whole world is in your enemies and all the goodness in the whole world is in you. Attractive, isn't it? So, if you have a lot of anger and resentment in you anyway and you therefore enjoy abusing people, then you can pretend that you're only doing it because these enemies of yours are such very bad persons and that if it wasn't for them, you'd actually be good-natured, and courteous, and rational all the time. But become an extremist. Okay, now you have a choice. If you join the hard left, they'll give you their list of authorized enemies. Almost all kinds of authority, especially the police, the city, Americans, judges, multinational corporations, public schools, furriers, newspaper owners, fox hunters, generals, class traitors, and, of course, moderates. Or, if you'd rather be an extremist on the hard right, no problem, fine, you still get a lovely list of enemies, only they're different ones. Noisy minority groups, unions, Russia, weirdos, demonstrators, welfare sponges, meddlesome clergy, peaceniks, the BBC, strikers, social workers, communists, and, of course, moderates. And upstart actors. Now, once you're armed with one of these super lists of enemies, you can be as nasty as you like and yet feel your behaviors morally justified. So, you can strut around uh, abusing people and telling them you could eat them for breakfast and still think of yourself as a champion of the truth, a a fighter for the greater good, and not the rather sad paranoid schizoid that you really
0: are. So, again, totally relevant to now, way worse because now you can do that shit from the internet. Mm. You know, you can be a greater fighter for the greater good by trashing on people on Twitter and Facebook. You don't even have to go see them in person. And there are so many of these people that are, that's their whole motivation behind their activism. They, they don't want to convince anyone like you were saying earlier, Strategic. It's not their point. They don't care about convincing anyone. They're not just trying to change minds like Martin Luther King did. They're not trying to change minds like Daryl Davis did. Because if, if they didn't have any more racists to fight, then how would they get through their day? You know, it's like their caffeine. But go ahead, man. We're gonna be done here very fast anyway. So go ahead, strategic.
3: Yeah, um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, man. I appreciate it, man. You helping me keep that whistle wet while I'm on the hiatus. Um, so a comment was made in the comment section by Stefan and um thanks for watching us, Stefan. Appreciate it. Um he said Strategic, you got to look into Martin Luther King because he was a Maoist, right? And I think that's a good example as to why we have such a divide in our country. Who cares? Now, I don't even know if that's true or not, but we seem to care more about people's ideologies than actually what their message is. So, for instance, Donald Trump, I don't support him, but there's things that he did in office that I will say. Hey, listen, that's awesome. That's awesome you gave to African American colleges. It's awful. Aw- it's awesome that you are the one who signed in the act that helps small businesses and landlords, etc. During the pandemic, it, it was Donald Trump who did that, and it was the Biden administration that built off of the laws that he signed in, right? But. I don't support him, but I'm able to say, you know what, that was good, and I'm gonna give you props for doing those things. Regardless of what a person's ideology is, the greater good is that his movement, which it wasn't just him, it was a whole bunch of other people, was Jewish white people, black people, was a lot of women, etc. You know, they were able to get me from the back of the bus to the front of the bus that I can sit on this show and speak to a mostly white audience and have two great white guys. Uh, Co hosting with me, you know, so <laughs> right. yeah, we care too much about ideology, and this is not a knock on Stefan. I appreciate you, Stefan, for saying that. Yet, yeah, you're keeping the conversation going, so don't take it personal. But I think that's where we're at. We care too much about ideology, left, right, communist, whatever. You know, what? he could be the biggest commie on the planet. I'd never vote for him to be president, but I'm damn sure grateful that he fought for a specific situation, a specific um, goal or movement. That benefited me. And I think we need to get out of that mindset where you know we're in these clubs and these groups. My great awakening was to stop voting simply because of ideology, to start voting what actually personally affected me. So, like I'm socially conservative, I guess lately, but if you give me your tax dollars, I'm gonna pay for universal health care and free college for everybody. (laughs) You know, like but. That's how politics should be. It should be what's personally best for you, and then you vote on that, and hopefully whoever you vote for, if they win, enough people voted for that specific thing that will make it happen for you. But I, I think that's where, we, where we're where we losing out in this country now because we're so divided on ideology. Like You have to fit the whole package, and I have to go with you blindly in the direction that you're taking me. Instead of being able to say, there's some things about you that I don't like and there's some things about you that I like and I'm going to call you out positive and negative as I see fit based off what you're bringing to the table. Right? Yeah. I. By the way, just to let you know
5: that mm-hmm. the difference about the whole ideology thing is that mm-hmm. we can argue and, and all, but in the end, we're not trying to cancel each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, in my mind... The the cancel culture and the First Amendment auditors are almost on the same level here, and that is they're bullies. They have found a way to harass people, um, and these people that they harass are uh, helpless. So they've got some poor guy forcing him to divulge his pronouns with the threat of losing his job. This is bullying, and you know I the. the I don't really think that the whole pronoun thing really helps anybody. Mm. I mean, how does that make anybody's life better? But it's a way to make you backpedal Mm. and force you to accept our terms. Mm. And I I will say this. If these people were bigger and brawnier, they'd have been beating up every kid in school. Mm. They're, They're not big enough. And so they use the video camera and the cancel culture thing to go out and basically intimidate and harass people there. Well, but so. it
0: gives them that permission. Like, that's what John Cleese was just talking about. It makes you feel like, well, I'm doing this, and it makes me a good person, you know, like, and it makes me better than you, you know, and it makes me righteous, you know. That's something that Weinstein and I talked about when I had Brett Weinstein. It's the same thing. It's like, it gives them, you know, the people who had that proclivity to for that behavior or some kind of justification, so anyway guys um i mean i know you guys both need to go you're both exhausted and so am i uh it was a good stream um i see a lot of new names in the chat guys so uh i hope to continue to see you around and um you know uh i know i'm pretty sure good logic is still going make sure you guys go show him some love and um you know check out the strategic eyes channel check out the johnny walker dread channel um check out the good logic channel check out neo unrealist and um don't forget to go to hy.page/vradio that you see in the upper corner. Um, that is my little like link website where you can find my discord, my telegram, my Facebook, my Facebook group. Um, my discord is, is active, but it's the, not super chatty, but it's the best way because I can add everyone there to be really sure that you're actually notified when I do stuff. because the reality is is I get people constantly telling me that they got unsubscribed somehow or they don't get notifications from me, um, you know, if you can support me financially, I seriously would appreciate it. It's one of the reasons I had to do less content is I had to find ways to make money locally, um, you know, because and that meant I had to take some time away from making content, which is exactly what I was afraid would happen. That's why I told you guys when I switched the model for donations. So you can do that via PayPal. Um, you can do that via um, Subscribestar. You can do that via Patreon. Um, if there's some other way you'd like to contribute, I do have things like Venmo and all that, but I just don't, you know, I don't post all that stuff. But um, check out my Discord, even if you don't agree with me. In fact, especially if you do. My, you know, my audience is a huge conservative base and a huge leftist base, yet somehow we managed to make really good arguments with each other in Discord, and nobody hates each other when they're done. I've only ever had to ban, like, one person, and that, that was somebody who just obviously showed up to cause problems. So... Thanks um, again, everybody.
5: Emil, e- Neil, we're going to have to do a-, a video here pretty soon, a-, a stream on this whole free college thing that Strategic Eyes has been pushing here. I'm going to have to uh, flail <laughs> him logically throw- on this. You want to have a
0: throwdown, Johnny? That?
3: Johnny, we just sent our free college money to Ukraine.
0: <laughs> All right, and, 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 and
3: right right now it's in the it's in the pocket of a comedian slash president.
0: Touche, <laughs>
3: touche. I'm just Touché. saying. People yeah. say it's not free. Of course it's not free, but we just like to throw money down the toilet. We could be we could be investing that in our children. No and that's kidding. not and, and that's not for the Harvard people. That's just for state and local college. You want to go to Harvard, you want to go to the big school I went through, Saint John's and all that stuff, you got to pay out your pocket. You got to pay out your pocket. But if you want to go to your SUNY, your CUNY, these are the things in New York. I don't know what it is in your in your municipalities. That should be free. We're investing in our future. Because guess what? These Asians, God bless them. I love them. These Indian folks, they are the future of the human race. They are the ones who are sending their children to learn STEM. Our children are not learning STEM. Our children are not going to college. And our economy is not built to support people who aren't skilled in science and technology. We are it's not I don't want to just throw good money after bad. I want to invest in our future because I see the tide that's coming. I see that tsunami, that storm that's coming. An uneducated lack of innovation in America while the rest of the world is innovating. That's what's going to take, uh, take us from, the, from our top spot. We're on a top spot not because of a, a massive army. We're on a top spot because everything that, Amer- that the world enjoys right now, America made. We made microwaves in NASA. That was a part of the space program. We gave them cars. We gave them planes. We gave them the internet. We gave them everything because we innovate. But our population is not educated. And we're going to fall off that pedestal because all our chips are coming from China right now. All of
0: them. Well, I guess the gauntlet has been thrown down. Okay, we got ourselves. Make
5: it happen, Neil. Make it happen. I, I will
0: make it happen, and God, I'll have to shut up too because I'm when I'm a moderator, I'm very strict with myself. So, um, just be ready for uh, time limits that are you know agreed upon ahead of time, and I won't be mean to anybody, but. You know, I'll let you know, all right, you got 30 all seconds, right. wrap it up. Or, you know, then we'll move on to the next one. I don't think I'll have to do that too much with you guys. We
5: won't though. have to worry about it because when strategic Guys goes over time, I'll tell him, Hey, shut up over there. It's my friend. You gonna <laughs> well, do me like Trump?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can hey, we can sl-
3: sleepy strategic, shut up.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I'm out it... of handcuff range, so I'm not worried about him. <laughs> no, that's very true. We'll disagree with it. Uh, with each other and still be human beings at the end absolutely, that thing that absolutely. is a rare a rare thing that i feel that we all kind of encourage on these channels mm-hmm. so thanks again everybody for tuning in tonight i'll talk to you gentlemen extremely briefly off the air and then we will be good to go uh remember check out hy.page v radio as you see in that picture there and you can find me on lots of mediums Not just YouTube, I'm also on Twitch. Not that I really have a huge following there. I don't know how long I'll last there. I'm going to continue broadcasting there, but I use raw footage in a lot of my stuff, so I know it's not going to last. But I'm also on BitChute. You can also uh, check me out on Spotify. I'm one of the people who beta tested the Spotify video system. So like they took the system that they created for Joe Rogan and they're letting other people use it. Um, I'm also set up on Odyssey. And on Rumble, all of my stuff gets auto moved over there. So, um, you know, if there's other mediums you prefer, you can check it out there. I still sometimes do just regular podcasts that are all audio. That's why I was V Radio. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, you guys can check me out on all those places. And you can, that's also where you can find all my social media. You know, you, you, I'm very active on Facebook, and you can add me on Facebook. I'll talk to you, you know. Um, same thing with discord like i mentioned earlier in telegram and other places like that it's just most of those are just to be sure you're actually told you know when i'm on so even if you don't have any intention of talking on my discord you know feel free to join it just so i know absolutely sure that you guys know what i've gone on so thanks again thanks gentlemen for coming on tonight hey thanks, and, um, thanks for everybody tuning in peace